All right, views before the six. Six, six, six. We here, we here, we here. Let's get it. Thrust, the summer vacation is over and it is back to school time. Oh, man. And we back to, you know, letting the people know what it is. Back to the education, bro. What it do. Yo, Thrust, you know I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time, man. And it's just me and you, bro. Yo, it's one of those times I was like, you know, when the time is right, it feels right. And the time is right, Thrust, man. man. Yo, because your history in this shit is well, well deep, man. It's funny because it's deep, but it's, it's never been really quite documented. But it's documented if you know my chronological timeline. You know what I mean? But it's never been put in this context, so this is cool. And I'm saying, yo, because, you know, me and you are homies, I have to treat it like I don't even know you, you know what I mean? Which is going to be weird for me, man. Because we've we've known each other for a lot. Since I was a kid, I've known you, B, you know what I mean? We got a lot of ties, man. All right, Thrust, so you know the first question we ask everybody. Yes. Were you born in Toronto? Yes, I was born and raised in Toronto. Up. Where were you born, man? What, what areas? I was born right off of like Lakeshore. What's that hospital there? Right off of Lakeshore there. Um, on, on in the West End there, man. I can't remember the name of it, man. Right down the corner there. Okay, so you in the West End. In the West End. Yeah, okay, was, word, yeah. word, word, word. Mom lived around there, yeah. Oh, okay, word. So what areas did you grow up in? Like what area uh, when you were young did you Well, grow you up see, in? here's the thing about me. You want to get deep? You can get deep on this. Okay, let's jump. yo, that's what we're I'm, here about. I'm, 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 I'm like one of those people. I got this energy, and one thing people don't be. I'm an adopted kid, so I was my paternal mom. Where? Right. She came here like '68, '67, and then she had me and put me up for adoption. But I never went to a home, a group home, or anything like that. Anything a foster home. There was this thing called straight to home program. So my my dad. My dad's best friend at the time knew that she was pregnant, and she's like, oh, and my adoptive parents couldn't have kids, right? So like, yo, she's having this kid, da 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 do you want to arrange? They had this thing called straight to a home program. It's funny, I was talking about this this morning, so it was coming around 360. So I actually went from there straight to my adoptive parents' home. Oh, dope. So it was like this, and, and it had all arranged, all black parents. She had this whole thing, but we they almost applied at the same time. You know what I mean? Word, word, okay. So it was like a smooth operation, boom. So my so, parents never told me oh, I wouldn't have word. known I wouldn't know anything. Like, like, did you know your mom growing up like that or no? Ooh, my, 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 like your paternal, your paternal mom. No, I never know my paternal oh, okay, mom. Okay, word, word, My word. paternal mom actually passed on in 1983, which is the year I met DJ X, which is the year I met my other friend Keith, and Keith actually ended up being my second cousin. How crazy is that? Word, and word. I, only, I found that out like, Almost 30 years later. I only found that out about 10 years ago in my timeline. Okay, so what's your background, Thrust? My background is Antiguan Trinidadian, but I was raised in a Guyanese household. Okay, word. Mad West Indies. Oh, man, it's crazy. Yes, I, I'm, all, I'm like that, and, it, and it, it's kind of crazy. So, And then I kind of, I grew up in Toronto, but I'm different in the sense that I, also, I could also say I grew up in New York, and then I had a farm up north and, up north here, too, that my parents owned. So I'm one of those people who fits in a lot of places. My, I had a lot of family in Brooklyn and in Queens, so every March break, every summer, any break you had here in school, like in our school system, I'm in the car, boom, I'm gone, since I was a baby. To New York. Yeah, so I could drive to New York from 10 years old. I knew how to get in the car and drive to New York. Word. And I was driving like on the highway since I was like, my dad would let me drive early since I was 14. So that's really my tie to hip hop. You were always a big kid too, though. Yeah, right? so I was there too, but I was always mature. My dad was a plumber, so you'll take the vans. I've been driving since I was twelve. It's a Caribbean thing. Don't let this happen in Toronto. Get it out. But, <laughs> but yes, I, but I always had a certain maturity by, by my age. I always hung people above my age and whatever. So 
just my soul's like that. And it's funny with the adopted thing, every, everything came 360, I found everything out. And it's like, my best friend for 30 years was my cousin, it's Keith, you know Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virgin, yeah. anyone knows the Virgin crew, you know Big Keith. And yeah, so it kind of came, I had a brother here since uh, 40 Ounce Crew, so it's 91, 92. Since that time, I, know, I didn't know he was my brother, and I got another brother. So life was cool, you know what I mean? Wow. Uh, yeah, so I grew up between those places, and that's been my whole existence. So my tie to hip-hop was like I had this Toronto eccentric thing, but I'm so at home in New York. Word. You know what I mean? But Toronto and New York had so much in common, right? You know what I mean? I think, And that was like a lot of rappers here. The original rappers, the, the first school, the middle school, you know what I'm saying? We all, a lot of us, at least 90% of us had that in common too. Word. We had that kind of lineage. That's how we knew the culture, the art, the b-boy. And that's the thing. You've right? been around. You've been around since the inception of Toronto hip hop, pretty much. Right? I've pretty much. I miss probably like four. Well, here's my tie. My tie to it is really, really see deeper. Like I always feel like I was born to be in hip hop. It sounds strange. People say that I'm meant to be in this stuff because I've always had my my integral connections from a young age with no connections were always the players in the game, the main players. Word. So here's what I'm saying. You t we did Sunshine before, right? Right. So my dad is a plumber, as I, I, I might have said earlier. If not, my dad's a plumber. And Warren, who owns Sunshine Sounds, is an electrician. So I've known Warren. Warren and my dad used to work together since I was Word. like two years old, three years old, man. I know the Wembley family. They know me since all those kids, Mike and, and, and them. I, I'm sure, forgetting another name, but the whole kids, the whole family, we known each other forever. So when hip-hop started to pop in Toronto, Sunshine now, Word. I was too young to go to those parties. That's how I got in the scene early. I was getting to parties at 15 when I shouldn't have been going to those parties because my dad knew Warren, Warren and Sunshine. Oh, they're doing this run, this run DMC show. Oh, they're doing this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fat Boys show. Oh, they're doing this, whatever show, whoever's coming to town, the Boogie Boys show. So all those early shows, right? I had that pass because Warren knew me and my parents right. would let me go. And concert hall was also like, 20 minute walk from my house. So I was just blessed, man. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, how did you how did you first 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 find hip hop by going to New York in the summers and shit? I first found, I first met hip hop in New York. I didn't meet my hip hop in Toronto. That's what I'm saying. I'm one of those Word. people like that's why you can hear my raps. I'm a, I always had like a sound that's a little different. You know what I mean? I never I never. That's why I say we like some people. Some people like like let's say. Uh, 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 I'm not even sure Cardi I'm pretty sure it's Cardi Jamaican born yeah. but that sound so they have that different influence so he's coming in with the patois and that kind of twang you know what I mean Word. me I got I can when I'm in New York they think I'm from New York I spent so much time in New York right. New York's a city of, of, of people like Toronto just immigrants right like Premier's from Texas he goes I'm right. like that I went into New York I, I know that culture I know that from before hip hop from, from the 70s 80s you know what I mean and then when it grew I've seen it from the streets right just right. from my family ties and then here I seen the top, the scene book broke because I knew Warren and me and DJ X from like grade seven or grade eight, we were the kids who used to help Ron Nelson do all this promotion. Word. We were the kids of Ronnie Seagull's articles. We were the ones in the car. This is before DJ X was a big DJ and had his name. We were young. We'd help Ron get in his tour cell. We were the kids doing all, at Mastermind from the Mastermind interview. Right. right? He, he talked about that there. We were those five or six kids that every week with Ron would go in the car and go through the promo. Because when I was in grade seven, Adrian's, uh, DJ X's mom did a show with Ron Nelson. Remember from the DJ X interview? Word. So me and X were best friends from grade seven too. So it's kind of freaky, everything's 360. 83 was that year, man. Who, who are the first Toronto guys you remember rapping? The first Toronto guys, uh, Butch Lee, uh, Sugar C, 
and and my favorite rapper all time. My my biggest inspiration. We getting on the show when he's in town. K Force. K Force. Word. 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 Those are the ones. Guys, to tune into the my my tie to the Toronto hip hop scene. I was already being a taste of New York. Every time I'm going trips, I was buying I was buying records in New York before I was buying records in Toronto. Right. You know what I mean? I, I brought back a lot of records. I brought back top billing to Toronto and gave it to Ron Nelson. There's an example. I'm the one that brought it here. Word. I never tell the story because this is part of the shit. Like, right, this right, story is right, like right. I was always in the city. Me and X brought back Tribe Called Quest. We went on a trip when we were 16, 17, brought that back, introduced that. Like on vinyl before, like, oh, word, man. Word, word. You know what I mean? Like, there's kind of stories you have, like, that's cool. So, so yeah, so it's like the tie. What was the original you were saying? Like, who the first guys you remember yeah. rapping? Yeah, right? so, I mean, those were. It was like from listening to Ron Nelson's show, like everyone else, I just found it. I just listened to the Buffalo station, just tripping the dial, and one day I just hit CKLN. Like so how did you else. meet Ron then? I met Ron through, through DJ X's mom. Okay. Did a show with Ron. I think it was Trenere. You know the R&B artist Trenere? Yeah, of course. It was Trenere. They did a Trenere. I remember the fly everything. We were in grade seven though, but I was, that's when I was into breaking. I, I came into hip hop through breaking. I was never trying to rap, just so you know. I came in, I'm listening to hip hop. So I didn't even try rapping until later. So I came, I'm a breaker. We're Jesse Ketchum Public School and okay, shit. Okay, word. Shout out to so Jesse Ketchum. X just got his 12s in grade 7. Like, we went to hip-hop that much, and we wanted 12s. He had 12s from grade 7. So we were 14. Okay. And we had 12s around us. Like, right going into grade 9, 14, 15, going, before I went, I went to Northern Secondary, and I went to run a meet in Toronto. So right before we went, that summer before kind of thing, Right. he got the 12s, and his mom did that show with Ron. And then there was this kind of click. So X clicked with Ron, and I was always rolling with X. You know, we were, that's we your were, man, we right? were separable up to our mid twenties and shit. Like so, it was like, so we just did that. Um, yeah, it was just a natural thing. And then he needed people to help do the promotion. He needed young kids. Hey, you guys got time after school to come help me do this thing? He was coming up with that whole idea to do the street promotion. Ron originated street promo. Just you know, in, right out, out the gate. You know what I mean? Okay. Between Ron and Sunshine, flyers pushing. Yeah, that's how parties. Like you couldn't rely on radio. And then he got his show. So when Ron got his show, it started grooving. We already had a tie with Ron. Word. So when you guys are doing promo for him, did he have the show already or no? At that time, he just was getting it. Okay. Early. Right. So he right, wasn't right. a household nothing. It's like how we just getting the podcast up right now. Right, right. That's okay. what I'm saying. I have ties to people early, like early, like before, you know what I mean? And then I fell into other roles. Like I didn't rap till like two years after that time. So were you going rap. down to Fantastic Voyage and stuff? Like I started going grade nine, yeah. And that's where I met everybody. That's where I met DRK, Power, everybody. Like say because you know it's just weird times, like it's like that hip hop energy, it's kind of conscious. People start listening to Ron's show. And Ron used to say, you're, hearing, you're gonna hear in our podcast over and over interview, he used to always say, hey, come on down, because it was community radio. Right. CHRY, all our stations in the city is like, it's like that, that community radio vibe, CIUT. So you could listen, you could just go right down to the show. Word. So I listened to the show two or three weeks, and I was like, yo, he's always saying, hey, come on down, da 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 da, community radio. I used to listen to the spots, and like, yo, I'm like, you know what, man? This is the only place that plays hip hop. I wanna do this thing, you know what I mean? In grade nine, this is how I started rapping. Um, uh, a lot of people know Point Blank? Yes. Okay, so Point Blank, I went to Northern Secondary, so that time a lot of people from Regent Park went to Northern Secondary. Okay. Because it had that school thing being downtown, right? I grew up in the Annex, right? I'm right in the part of town, right? So I was in between everything, Annex, Jungle, everything. So anyways, Tilt Rock, who's the guy that started it, Yes. they were rhyming, he was like a rhyming, right? So we battled. 
I lost the battle to see, you know, what, okay, I, what that was okay. my first But I, was, I had an ability to freestyle. I wasn't a battle rhymer, but I was good at the freestyle. I just had this natural ability to rhyme. So once I had that, and then we had turntables, you know what I mean? So no, there's a football school. You look at me, you say, you're a big guy, you play football. I said, nah, I'm going to start doing this rhyming. So every Friday we start, when they had football half days, because no, they would win enough games. They were like a big football school, and everyone would go to the games. We have like 3,000 students go to the games when they played other schools. Right, They okay. would travel. It was almost like on some real, like, Steelers, Green Bay, you know what I mean? Type styles, right? So we just go hit the turntable. So by the time we started doing that month after month, we had this tie with Ron, the radio radio shows on, we said, we gotta start going down to this thing, you know what I mean? Word, okay. So we knew him from before, we had a tie, but we never really stayed in contact with Rod. You get what I'm saying? Word. his mom did that thing with him that was like a couple years back. So it's just like when we seen Rod, hey, you, he knew us though. There's a rapport. Word, okay, okay. You know what I mean? So, so then, these are the times you get into rapping. Yeah. Because you eventually went to Running Me too, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Running Me too. Word, we'll, we'll get to that because that yeah. was with Frankenstein yeah. and that's how that all connects. Exactly. Okay, so you guys start going down to the radio show and this is how you meet Mastermind? That's how you meet Paul? I met Paul at the radio show. Paul, if you listen to Mastermind's interview, he said the same thing. He went down to the station, right? I met people, you know what it was? If you had a tie because people went to the radio station and before that, there was, you go to like uh, the record stores too. Right. It's the same thing like being a DJ. Star right? Sounds. Star Sounds. Um, I'm forgetting even all the names of the original records. Like before tracks, there was a there was another Carnival. Carnival, Carnival Records, records that yes. was upstairs. So we go I, anywhere that hip hip hop was so hard to find that anywhere that was blasting it out, if you was ahead, you was going right there, right away. So I found oh, there's a record store here too. Oh man, you know what I mean? I'm going down there. I go to record stores in New York too. I was buying records in record store in New York too, right? Okay. So we start going down there, and I so I seen dude. We didn't talk. By the time we got to the radio station, the same five, ten, fifteen nucleus of people that was at the the two record stores was the station. And the station we had three hours to chill like this. So we all just started just word kicking it. You know what I mean? Okay. So then at this point you're like you're going to concert hall jams. Yeah, I started going Sunshine Jams, Concert Hall Jams. Um, my first show was actually, uh, they had like this crunchy, all my OGs in the scene know what I'm talking about. They had this huge crunchy breakdance challenge at Concert Like Hall. Crunchy the Chocolate Bar? Yeah, some crunchy. It was like this big breakdance challenge. This is when breaking was like crazy. Toronto always had to dance it, right? And I used to dance too, like breakdance okay. and just routine dance too. That's a whole other thing we go to. But... Yeah, man, so it was huge. This is like, wait, it's, I was way too young to go, but Sunshine did the sound for us. So that was really like my first show. And that was crazy. That was all the best breakers in Toronto. It was like 30 of the best ones throughout the city. There's a flyer somewhere I have in my collection. We can make like a poster that's in, okay. my, in my little you know, repertoire. And I know you have a crazy archive of stuff, I got stuff the archive too, of this know, whole know, stuff, dude. It's one of those things. Yeah, so that was really the tie. So, But it didn't get really get professional until me... For me in the station, I met, you know, vibing with Paul, with Mastermind. Me and X had this tie. And it was probably like 87 and what-ish. Right when uh, Beat Factory was just starting up. Word. We were like the second or third artist recording Beat Factory. We had, they had a studio in Pickering, whatever. And we decided, let's do a group. Because you're a DJ. We got into drum machines. We all had drum machines by that time, everything. I should produce, I can produce. I could DJ for y'all know too. I never right. really show I, all, all elements of hip hop, but you know, to show all your cards in a sense. So we were like, yo, we should do this thing. They're like, Thrust, you're the rapper already. You've been rapping since, you know what I mean? So who's, the, who's this original crew? Uh, DJ X, Mastermind, myself, and my boy Supreme. 
Okay. My boy Supreme. So he was like beatbox. You know what I mean? He was an L beatbox. He, and what he, were you guys called? We were called World Domination. World Domination. Okay. So it's in the mastermind one again. You see certain yeah, things, right? Yeah. So we had that. So we were like 15. We're like we had to form this group. Isn't that crazy? 15. I'm gonna call my World Domination, right? And right. I had a wholly different rap name. I didn't have the thrust name. It was I used to call no? I was just in between. I had this rap master. I used to call myself Precise. And then Just Dice okay. came. Out. I'm Just Dice Precise. So I was like, I gotta change my name. So my name was Precise. And then there was this kid from, uh, there's a crew from Buffalo. They were dope. Cold City crew. They used to come up and perform at all the monster jams that Ron would do. Two or three of them. Dope. And I had the rap, and his name was Thirst. Okay. I used to always call him Thrust. Yo, that rapper Thrust is dope from the T. Dude, he's dope. He had that Shan kind of style, MC Shan. Okay, okay. That okay. kind of cadence, right? And the DJ was ill. I can't remember the DJ's name, but anyone knows, man. Like, Scratch might even remember that shit. Scratch was around for, I know Scratch from, from day, right? DJ Scratch. Scratch. He DJ Scratch, started from Scratch. Okay, started work, okay. Scratch has been around. He's an OG to game. No, so I know, right? I know. So, and I know K knows everybody, you know, uh, all the DJs. Howard Hughes will remember. Sharp DJ. So you remember these groups? They were really, I think they were on a verge of getting the deal. I don't know what happened. But I used to always admire them. So I was like, yo, that rapper Thrust, that rapper Thrust. And then I had to change my name. And Supreme was like, oh, you should call yourself Thrust. Because you don't really talk a lot about what you're going to do. You let your projects come out, promote it, boom. This is my aesthetic. And then, but it moves with force and it's a name to remember. So I was like, oh, so it's MC Thrust, a world domination. You know what I mean? So do you guys still have all the old dude, world have, domination stuff? I have, uh, dude. I, want I know people. you have a bunch of I stuff. Have I know everything. Good, good. Man, dude. we need to unleash good, that, man. man. I just keep the files because it's like I just realized I was a collector of hip hop. I was a fan of hip hop, and I was a uh, I was a lover of hip hop, and I was a person that entertained it and did every aspect of it. So I was like, I know from a young age this is going to be valuable in this time. You know what I mean? For somebody who, whatever, so it's there. You know what I mean? And that's one thing we always say. There's a few gate pe- gatekeepers that have that kind of thing. You know what I mean? We're getting them Okay, so yo, let's take it back a step because you're talking about being going to Monster Jams mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Did you go to like T.O. vs. N.Y. battles and stuff like that or no? Were you you know the funny thing that? was I went to, I missed the first one. The only time I ever, you know life is funny? The first, only time I ever got grounded. My parents, I was allowed to go to shows, almost any show. My parents were like, you know, please don't bring you home. You can go out every weekend. My parents like kind of leash, okay. right? So I'm not that I the police took me home. Don't get it wrong, but uh, it was like I don't know I did something with school, skipped. Or I think I went away in some tour, something, some night with Ron. So I just messed up something, so they grounded me for the first battle, dude. Uh, so I missed the first one, dude. I was like, I had free entrance backstage. I had everything, dude. I that one hurt to this day. I'm never, but the, <laughs> but the second one I was there. I was the okay, second okay. One, I was there. I'm only probably missing that era, honestly. Like maybe like two shows, man. I miss Run DMC, that early Run DMC, and I miss like that. I miss Dougie Fresh. That one hurt too. I was just too young. Like okay, fifty fifty was the middle of the week Thursday, but that was one of the best shows that ever came. Dougie Fresh with Slick Rick. Wow. In Toronto, yeah, yeah, man. I remember dope. everybody came back to school after that, man. You know, you feel the shows, and then there was that battle. But I, was, but I was in part two I was there for part two I was rolling with Rumble That was my influence Rumble and Force My influence word, So I word. was around Jam on Strong Rumble, Rumble and Strong just, Right yeah. yeah 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 so when we did The group thing That's when From that world domination We did this demo Ron had a demo thing And that's how Like our name And Monster Jam We did a Monster Jam Ron How I really came in the game To be honest with you Is from Monster Jam Like to the Toronto public Before even the radio Okay Let's talk because about Ron had a Last minute dropout and that's how I got the courage to rap in front of Toronto. Last minute dropout, like the day before. 
And we always try to bug Ron, Ron, get us in the show. We got this group, man. Actually, we had this thing. I'm, I'm seeing memories coming back. This is some funny shit. Uh, we had this little, like, you know, you make up a name just for the night kind of thing. Okay. We didn't have a name yet. So we're like, oh, we're going to call ourselves Sweet Sensation. It's on the fly. Okay. It's like a 24-hour, late, like, late minute, I still kind of named it. Yeah, we're going to do this show. So Ron put us in the show, dude. And Monster Jam, let me tell you about Monster Jam. Monster Jam, Concert Hall period, was the Apollo, dude. Word. It literally was the It might have been worse than the Apollo. Like, they would pay. I'm an ultra-magnetic MCs came, and they got booed and rained on, dude. Word. Like, acts would come, and they're getting bottled. They had Sarasota, this drink Sarasota bottles. They had to stop selling the bottles there. Okay. Ryan would get bottled and ask in concerts until he even said something good. Like, Regent Park, all in the front row. The OG, like, Concert Hall was at that spot. It was like, if you survived Concert Hall, you Word. were good enough to go anywhere in that era, in that time. Right? That made Cardi, that made me, that made a lot of people that you know still in the scene, right? Because we survived that concert hall. So that was the night I went out. That's the 24 hours, went out. Me, Supreme, boom, boom. Got applause. The last six acts, bottled. And so we put together in 10 minutes was from that, which they we gotta pursue this. You know what I mean? World domination, blah, 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 blah. Shows, we already did a Monster Jam, got response. We know Ron, it's rolling. We in the studio. We making music. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Beat Factory too. Is that how you meet Mishy? No, I know Mishy from from high school. I went to Runnymede, and Mishy went to like Weston. Yes, we were high school rappers. That's one thing I want people to understand. We were different. Like me, uh, a Mishy, uh, West was uh, was older than us. Rumble, all those cats. They were old. We were kids, dude. Word. Like, I can speak for me and Mishy. Mishy's, we're the same year. We're both Scorpios. We're like the same age. Like, we were kids. Like, Mishy was a star at 17, 18. She wasn't a star like at 23, 25, 28. Word. Like most stars. I was a household name from like 15, 16. Because after doing all those shows, then we did Rap Cities. You know what I mean? Word. Boom, boom, boom. So I know Mishy from the street because uh, Mishy used to go to school with Ice. You know Ice? Yep. So Ice used to write rhymes for Mishy back in the day. It was 15. These little battle rhymes and do all this little stuff. And Mishy used to go in the battle. Remember the battle and all that she went in yeah. the battle? So Ice was one of the people crafted rhymes. Ice was a gifted. Ice, I'm giving you props. You know what I'm talking about. Ice had this group called West End Projects, right? Ice used to rhyme. And it was him, uh, my boy, Baby D, Dudley. A lot of people know Dudley. Yeah. And, um, and uh, shit, I'm blanking name. And freaking, so they used to do that. They had their group. Oh, and my boy, rest in peace, Rage, B Poet. Okay, so word, the word. Rage they were tied from that. They were called West End Projects. I was rolling with them. We the West End Projects doing production and stuff, right? Beats production rhyming. Yeah, so all of that kind of tied. So he was writing for Mishy. So that's why I know Mishy. I know Mishy from like. Okay. I know Mishy from before. She was even like, and then she and then my dancers used to roll with one of my dancers used to roll with like them from high school, Michelle and Ava. This is like on the girls' table. Okay. We was always in the schools. We was the girl, you know, we was riding. We used to go to schools, do dance routines. Like, dude, I'm telling you, like, our hip-hop diversity was kind of cool. That's why I was rolling with Kwame, me and K-Note. We're we to, like, swift all the them guys. We, we had that rapport from just being all around hip-hop dudes, you know what I mean? So if you, don't, you need a dance routine, boom, he's at your school. If you need a freaking DJ, boom, we got the best DJ. We, call, if you, we could fill all these voids. So, so this is all pre-power move. No, yeah, this, this is Ron Nelson time. This is when okay. Ron Nelson's uh, era was, was, was kicking. 
Power Move was like 90s. This was eight. This was between 86 and like 89, right before Maestro popped off. Word. And yeah, because Michi got signed in what, 88? Was it 88 or 89? She got signed in 88. Word. Okay. Michi's the one. Michi's the one that broke down everything. Trust Michi me, was the one, dude, I was in New York. No, people, I was one of the few people that summer. I spent all my summers in New York until I was 21. All my summers. Not here. I was there. Through Scott, through Tara, like, uh, I was in the city when oh, I was. Oh, no, 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 Through so, Scott LaRock, through Scott LaRock one. one, through Karis one. That's to say, I was always in New York. And then I came back to every March break. So all that, so I seen crack hit New York, and then I came back here. My, my boys took crack from New York, the first ones to bring it here. Word, okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? I never sold drugs, as you say. I never, like, right, I remember right, had right. a moment. I wrote, so I was tied, like, from a street level, hood level, and even in New York, I was always in New York. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we seen all that. And yo, me and, you, fat, right? me and you have talked about this because I know you've told me, you like, yo, I used to go to New York and Mishy was popping in New York. Yeah, Mishy was, dude, Mishy was on the radio, like on this mic, um, not on this mic, and um, what's the one with the, before the Rob Bass sample there? Oh. The takes, uh, dun, dun. yeah, on this mic, on yeah, this yeah. mic. I was right on the point. On this mic. Dude, that joint was on like three times, four times an hour. Yo, because you know I got into a big argument with Dante Ross about Nobody's this. record. Before Drake. Drake's the only one since Michi that had that kind of play in New York. And no disrespect to Drake, but to have that kind of play in New York in 1988, yeah, in that era, that scene with no internet, no boom, boom, boom. Remember, she was signed the first priority. She was on Light's label. Yeah. Everything. She was signed. Light was in the city. Well, Scott LaRock produced. Look Didn't at, he produce on this well, one? Look on the lady's first video. Michi's in the video. Word. Word. With the girl. She's riding. Michi was like one of the girls. Like, Michi was, was in. In like flair. She had it. Michi had, dude, Michi had mad stuff. We got to try and, you know, you know about Yeah, we got, we'll get Michi on. Yeah, so I, so as I said, I knew those people. And, I, and I, like, I've been tied to this scene in so many strange ways that it's hard to like put it into context. Because I knew Michi's producer too, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is one of my mentors too. He's part of Sheik Dynasty. Sheik Dynasty, like he go back like A track. He he was even tied to you know, Bronski's of the shows yeah, and all that of stuff. Of course, man. And he was the first producer. Him and um Jamon Strong, who was another mentor of mine, right. who was Rumble's uh producer, they were the first ones to learn to sample. I was around that. Because when they brought up the SP twelve hundred, right, and learned from Scott LaRock. That's what happened. It was the time of 87 when the SP-1200 came out. I think that's and the SP-12. SP-12. Yeah, no, yeah. the 1200. The 12 was out before. This is the 1200. Thing. Okay. It was the 1200. And they brought up. SP-12, we've seen that up here before, too. Okay. Uh, there was a, we opened up for the show, Schooly D. So I seen Code Money the first time. Me and DRK at the Silver Dollar. When we Word. were 16, I said, doing these shows. Like, opening up for Schooly D. We did all kind of crazy shows from here, too. So... SP12, what the hell is that machine on stage? Boom, boom, boom. Playing the beats out of, if you listen to PSK, Gucci Times, that's out of SP12. Word, okay. That's what it was made on. So he was playing it live. <laughs> Throw, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, 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 right. Like, yo, dude, he's bringing it back. You know what SP12, playing like an MPC. If y'all don't know, SP12 was like, you wouldn't have your MPC without the SP12. Word, word, so You right, know right. your history, but for those who don't, some people listening don't know. So go back and read up on the SP12. A lot of classic, classic hip-hop. Molly oh, Mall, everything. Pete Rock. And all the original Korea, sampling, yeah, records chopping, was off there. So I knew about Breakbeats from 86, dude, all of them. Howard Hughes, you know me? He was from London, tied to Malik X. We were schooled for this on like so many levels, right? Man, we gotta get Sheep Dynasty on too, man. We when Howard, we talked to Howard, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So 
I knew and still kind of way know like the players of the game since I was here. I came in just knowing. Like, oh, it was weird. It's almost by unforced knowing everybody. I had a tie, a friend, a one degree, and we just somehow had this link. Even West. West is the first one to put me on record from 91, right? Okay. If you look at conducting things, I'm on this track called Pass the Champagne. Yup. Right? So I'm on that I was going to get there. I was going to get there. Yeah, all that stuff. But even that, West would call me since I was like that young. I was 15. Those guys are like 21, let's say. You know what I mean? Like 15, 18, 19. I was that grade nine. In grade nine, like, yo, this bounces off thrust. Right? Word. So West would call me. I remember West called me. I heard the rhymes on the phone, like, backbone slide, all the joints. Yo, um, the mic's my piece. I remember West called me. Yo, I got this rhyme, man. The mic's my piece, man. Yo, what you, tell me what you know, thrust. What you think of this? Boom, boom, boom. Right? Word. Okay. And then me and K Cut and X had a tie just before, you know what I mean? That 91 West, and then that's when they did Conducting Things album, right? So yeah, K yeah, did yeah, that. So then, boom, then West called again. I said, boom, I'm on a record. Then I did, I was the first feature. I did one for uh, Split Personality. Try and stop oh, us. Oh, can't stop us from doing yeah, what we got to do. You're in that video, too. Close right? to the, not in the video. Just no. on the remix. People love that remix. That remix, that Appleback remix. Yeah, yeah. It was dope. It had the drums and the SB Toe Band. We had this little. We just free floated with me and Blast. And me and Blast is always cool. I was always in Finch, right? So Word. had that tie. Yo, it's called. So I was always had that feature kind of that Buster kind of thing, just doing features, right? That led up to like Northern Touch. I had that rep from in the gate too. Oh, we got to get this dude on his track. So wait, is this okay? This is all like pre KGB, right? This is just leading it. That's what I'm leading you up to, right? Okay. So I, what happens first? What happens first? Power Move Show or KGB? No, this is what happens first. It's um, it went like this. Just chronological. We're talking a lot of stuff. Word. Okay, so world, do world domination, okay? Word. Then I had Thrust and Supreme. This is all the 80s. Thrust and Supreme. Okay. Which is just thrust, this me and it with my DJ. Supreme was, but Supreme worked with me from, from world domination. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we had a time. So X was getting more into DJ stuff. Mastermind was getting more into DJ stuff. So when they went into the DJ world, I was, I'm still rapping. So right? Supreme would beatbox for you? Beatbox and he's DJing, right? Okay. He's DJing, I make beats, whatever. So we did that. Then I went into, um, like, hey, I might want to do some group stuff. You know what I mean? Word. Et cetera, et cetera. And that's how we formed um, KGB. With 10? With 10. But me and 10 went to high school, right? So you went to Northern or you went to... From Running Run Me. From Running Me. Okay, so when do you go from North? Like, you went to Northern grade 9, and then when did you go to Running Me? Grade 10 or 11? I went to Northern from grade 9 to grade 10, and then did my 11 and 12 in Running Me. Okay. You know what I mean? So I kind of split. I went three years at Northern. Northern started turning. Northern was a cool school. Hip-hop, you know, had everything in it. It started getting all funny and, like, trendy and hippie. -ish. A lot of people don't know the Edge Northern had that little era, right? Right. Like people from downtown weren't allowed to go there anymore, and it kind of changed the vibe or whatever, right? So I said, well, I can't. I got to go to school that has hip-hop in it. And I know, and I already had people in the West. And I was always running with West End people, even though I went to that school, right? Right. I was always running with people from more, like, Jungle, Rexdale, and Finch. That's it tended to be like the people where most of my close friends live for some strange reason. I always had that tie to the West. A lot of people think I'm from the West. Like, you know what I'm saying? I always be in the West so much. I take the bus. I'm always in the West. You know, you know my, my Yeah, kids. of course. So, of course. so I would be up there, right? And it was like three hip hop houses. So all that shit just formed from that, right? Just formed from that all coming together like that. So it basically, uh, what were you originally saying? We were talking about like how you, how you went from from one high school to how you went to run them. Yeah, so from that, when I had to change, I said, I don't want to go to Northern no more. 
but I wanted to go to a good high school and finish my school. I, I finished my education, right? So I was like, Word. I'm gonna go to Running Meet. Running Meet's a small school, it's on Jane. I already know everybody there. Ten was going there, Ice was going there. I knew two or three people that I was rolling with already. I was always rolling with Ice back in the day. We was mad tight. Like as right. teenagers, we was everywhere, right? We might have been up in your pockets, we might we was on that street, yeah. no, we was big young kids. Like if you looked at me when I was oh, 15, I 16, huge, I looked man. like I, I, you, I was on that, like that almost like LeBron. Like you think I was way older than I was, but I was like only 15 or 16 or 17. You know what I mean? So people always thought, like, and I was mature. I don't, I just had this maturity about me. So people were like, oh, and I always roll people who's older than me. And right? so then, so then you go to you go to run to meet, and that's how you meet Ten, right? That's how I really connect with Ten. You know and that's mean? how KGB and then starts. That's how I met uh, G Wonder. And okay, then, it worked. And then we had this whole, you know, the whole Finch connection. And I was going to Finch before, so I, I just, we always just see each other. You know, we had the same kind of friends, right? The network and then the hip-hop tie. I met, I really met Ten, like, really initially at a party, like, at Concert Hall. Okay, really, it worked. Really, essentially. But then things just started, common threads and ties. So I started to make my move to the West, and I started connecting with, with him. So basically, KGB formed from all those, that little inner tie, CKLN, we always end up, oh, let's go see Kyle right. We just see each other in all these places, man. And then I was like, yo, we should do this group thing. We became really good friends. We're really tight friends to this day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. He just called me on Sunday. Like, I got to hit him back. Like, whether we're doing music or not. So, uh, yeah. So we just like, yo, we had this vibe. And Ron was start. Ron Nelson started up this, open a studio. And he had this right. thing called Advanced Production. So we had Exact Wisdom, which is my man Logic. Too Rude uh, was working with them, and Mastermind was doing production and stuff. Mastermind talked a bit of, talked a bit about that yeah, in his podcast. Yeah, yeah. Then he had he had KGB, which was us, and then he had these these group of girls. I can't remember the name. These three girls, like this kind of JJ Fad kind of okay, it was kind of thing. It was he was ahead of time. One was Asian, one was Spanish, one was your typical like European type girl and shit. It was like this mixed kind of group, but they didn't get accepted in Toronto. So yeah, so KGB, we just said, let's do this thing. And Ron's like, yeah, you guys both rap. He liked how Terry rap. He heard 10 rap. He's like, yo, 10, you dope rapper. Because 10 used to roll with Force, too. Okay. See? And I always roll with Force. Force is like the brand of Toronto. Like, he just just put the stamps on so many. The inventor of the, sl- I mean, of the slang. T. 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 Dot o. The word T.O.O. Uh, so much stuff in Toronto from Sunshine Out. Anyways, um, Force Main Source, LP on the rise. A lot of people Force. don't know that, man. Force. Right? Force. Like... You know the God, you know the God. If you see him, you'd be like, wow, what's oh, that? We'll like? get him on. He's we'll like, get where's him that on. light coming from? But anyways, yeah, so we just had that thing, right? Going to New York. So we just like, yo, let's just do this. Let's do this. And X was getting into production then. So he had just got his SB12. Okay. We already knew about the breaks. I was telling you before. So let's do this thing. KGB, cool gift to brothers, man. I go, yeah, I can do a, a group. And if I want to do solo, do solo. You know what I mean? So we put that together. And KGB was like, Dude, I wish. That's one of those projects or one of those things that should have came to fruition. It got to the point where, like, in 91, we had meetings in Electra and A&R meetings and interests. I, I found out years later we had two deals on the table, but because of mismanagement, that never got signed to. Like, all the stuff. Like, we were hot. You go to Finch, you go to certain corners in Toronto, and I've never seen this you seen people in the car playing our songs. We used to play our, our shows on the Power Move, on CIUT. Power, right. did, Power did a track for us. What KGB track that's out, like one track that's out commercially is on the cold front. That's right. Letters of Three. So that that's came out. Right. That yeah, was yeah, a yeah. big track. And we had another one. We used to be down. We used to be down. We used to go I way back. It. We used to be that. Dude. 
That <laughs> song, man. And Power produced that? No, that was X. That was X, X that produced that. Okay. It was really, uh, X did like the sample production, but even me and Tam were throwing ideas. We knew records sampling. DTS was involved. Word. Okay. Yeah, DTS was like, in, we had, a, it was like a, you know, a combination of people throwing stuff in the pocket. DTS put us on to a lot of records, breaks, soul, you know what I mean? Yes. That's what we knew about on Joyce. And I remember I was messing with Howard Hughes before too. Word. So we got a sampler, dude, in our room. We, we were going to New York. We knew about it. We knew about it from before. We had the schooling from Jamon, from being around it. So when we got the equipment in our room, we already knew what we were doing. So now this time KGB and Power Move is starting to happen at this time. Yes, too, right? right? So a lot of joints getting played. Power Move was like the biggest show in the city. Probably Word. never is a bigger show in the city than that in that little three to four year window. The listenership was insane, right? They had the biggest listenership at any time slot. Just people know in the city, anywhere, like out of any radio station, between one and four, yeah, that four or five years, in, more man. people were listening to that station than any other station on the FM dot. Was that? They did the scan. You know they do the scan? Yeah. Yeah, that was like, that's how much listeners were We probably had 300,000 listeners every show, dude. 400,000, wow. like crazy. Like, for that time, the numbers, the numbers are off the chain. Oh, we raised $20,000 for FunFest in two weeks. Wow. You know how I just raised money in community oh, yeah, radio? Yeah, 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 Dude, we'd raise, one year I think we raised 24, 20, and I'm not telling you, that's how much people was listening. So it was like being, on, it was equivalent of being on like your BLS, your kids. You had that kind of vibe. If you was banging on the power move and you was like a rapper or a producer or a DJ, for that little window of time, it was like, oh. Well, listen, you oh remember we did Circle Research Show. We had yeah. to do fundraising and shit. We were two to four in the morning, man. Yo, we were lucky to meet those deadlines. Dude, yeah, man, no, that's serious. I'm sorry, Ron had that yeah. power too. The reggae show, like the reggae, because Ron went into reggae, right? Reggae mania yeah, and shit, yeah. right? So KGB had that thing, and we had that rep in, like, we had things. That's why I met Pete Rock. I met Pete Rock too when they did the, the, the like, we were in the meeting with the A&R. I had this little meeting that we were in, in New York for the new music seminar around that time, and then they were just doing the release party in this room for uh what's the first ep that did the all sold out all sold out right and we was in the thing and dude i know word of a lot we ended up kicking with them for like the rest of the party fell back and we just talking for about like 45 minutes word i remember you telling yeah. me that it was crazy guys, as hell man right you so guys like, came back with mad yeah, promo copies yeah, yeah it was crazy dude so but then that group broke apart word we even had the far side sample with wes on it dude that joint is on real ron nelson i know you got that man Ron, yeah, it's there. We had it five years before, and it was dope. Same loop, same sample. The Quincy Jones sample, yeah. Yeah, West was hitting. I was supposed to come out. We had like, oh, we had sponsorship from, I have the article, sponsorship from Roots Canada. We had jackets made up, KGB. I'm going to show you the level, like, you know what I mean? Word. Article, we sponsoring the hottest rap group in Toronto, KGB. So just to put in a perspective of like, yeah, it I wasn't remember, like just college radio. Like we I remember, you vibe, guys right? had those jackets. I remember Main Source had the. the roots That's when they had them kind of like tour yeah. jacks, all that stuff. We yeah. didn't, didn't get done. We had the design done, and then like the group fell apart and then fall through. But it was all in the system, and there was articles in the press that they put out like saying who they're backing. I guess I have all this stuff documented. I'm just talking it because there but is a KGB true. album. Huh? There's an album. Well, yeah, album's done, dude. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, Just like said, it's, the group fell apart. And I didn't get into personal things, you know what I mean? Like, there was an internal thing. It's hard to keep groups together, which is why eventually why I just became thrust. Word, know, right? okay. Um, and then, yeah, so that disbanded. That's 91. And then, so in between that guy, I'm like, me and X, like, dude, we're still doing music. But, uh, let's do a child's garden of grass, which is another concept we came up, which is almost like on a De La kind of tip. Just cool, like. Okay, so who was in the child's garden of grass? It was you, X. Oh, it was really me, X, and then we had my boy, Dez. 
you know, dad's from Lounge. Yeah. He was like our dancer. Rest in peace, the dads, man. And that was like our thing, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we did that. That caught a buzz too. Mad shows, now magazines, all kind of stuff, right? Word. So, so all that thing, but then that group broke, fell apart. Okay. So now let's just step back and go back to Power Move for a mm-hmm. second, okay? Because you guys, when X starts Power Move, you're pretty much there from day one. Yeah, I'm part of Power Move. No, I know. I, I was, so yeah, you, were you, I'm the co-host. Were you, like, were you the host? Or? I was the co-host of the Power Move. It was you and... Me and X. You were talking X. about If you listen to all the tapes, it's me and X. Word. Yeah. I was, like, official... Power move, and I did a hip hop magazine at the same time called Abstract. That's see, that first thing hip hop magazine is because I was messing with. I always had like multifaceted roles, much like how we do in the podcast, and I'm still doing music, right? Word. I always had it, but I never pushed like my name. I just do the thing, you know what I mean? Abstract magazine. I'm not saying Thrust magazine, you know what I'm saying? But the magazine came out, people's buying. Even live at the barbecue, a lot of the concept, me and a lot of that was my ideas, and me and DJ X putting. A lot of people think, oh, DJ X is, yeah, he was the machine, but the ideas. Word. Right? When X would play, I'm the selector. I was picking records to be like, oh, that's, that's why I can select and I can DJ. So, like, I would do big part of it. He just, he said, no, yes, but I'm pulling out the 3 records. Yeah, 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 let's go, right? But we just had that. We always came in the game like that, right? I could produce. I could DJ. I just never brought that part. It's never had the time to bring that out, right? I mean, but rapping was always my the thing I wanted to put into public. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because there's so many. Okay, here's the thing. Here's my thing. There's so many facets of the Power Move show, right? Mm-hmm. There's like you and X, and then like you know, Scam comes in, and DRK comes in, and Mastermind's there for a bit. You're there for the whole the whole time. I was there until like 95. 95. Okay. And that's when I went like, okay, I'm just going in the industry. That's when I released Past, Present, Future. Okay. That's when I dropped all the group stuff. That was after Charles Gardner the Grass. That was after the like KGB, 91, 92, which kind of fell off. Charles got in the grass, that's a fill. And then me and X had a, 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 just a growing up natural manhood, like falling out, like, Word. I'm so tight since you're 15, you gotta become your man on your own kind of time point in your life, right? Word. So that was my 95, and then I went to Harris. That's the time. I had, a, I had a call, and like, I learned, I used to do a lot of stuff, but I said, okay, I wanna actually get some education behind it now. Okay, Word. Because now I'm like 21, 22, and I have all this experience, like you hear in the interview, right? Radio, I can do radio, I can produce, I can rap, I can, how am I gonna really, cause I said I always wanted, my, the reason why I broke away from the groups, I always wanted to be independent, put out my own art, my own music. Okay. And I was going to New York and I said, I was just being independent, putting out records. But what are we waiting for? I know our stuff's good, just put out, just make, put out records. Let's put out a record. So I said, let me go to Harris. I always wanted to go to Travis or Harris, I had this debate. So I just ended up okay. going Let me go to Harris and solidify myself in the industry so I could survive in this industry if I had to do you know just, I just want to be part of whether I was a local name as a rapper I just want to be part of this industry so for my lifetime I took recording arts management okay which is the business side of it right right so I took pu- I, I, like I said I could read contracts I took publishing it's, it's all managed you taught at Harris didn't you I taught that was after though that was okay, way, okay, okay. way way okay, way we'll get to that. We'll I actually that. have a certificate I graduated from here, I, I did the, got my diploma in recording arts management. Okay. So I went to school, solidified, so I have a documentation. That's why I met Infinite. Remember Infinite was in our last interview? Yeah. I met Infinite. He was going through the Lopez. That's where I met Polly Lopez. Word. Polly Lopez was going at the time. I think Palmer was in there at that time. Um, Palmer was there. But 
but I know Lopez for sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure Tall. Mike Tall was in Mike there. Mike Tall, yeah, Tall Ski, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we was in there studying, like, this is how to put out records, market, promote, right? Word. So that's 95. By 95, I, I just fell back from the, that's why I left the power move. I said, no, I, I'm 24. I was 24, 25. I was like, I got to re-educate myself in this game. I got this dream, but I can't do it if I don't have it solidified in a way. Took a year off, went. That was like a year, just straight school. No, like, do it out straight books. Fall back, man. I mean, because, yo, there's always that infamous uh, video of most deaf. Yes. At CKLN. Yes. And you're there freestyling with yes. him and shit like that, right? Most was in Toronto. Most was living in Toronto at that time. Though. Word. A lot of artists was in Toronto for a while. Like, Yo, let's hold on. Let's just talk about that. Because a lot of people don't know mm -hmm. that Toronto was kind of like that. Like, how, how do you say it? Like that that stop on the in the in the tour, if you will. You know what I mean? Like Toronto was kind of almost Toronto, like a. It's like that's why Philly. A breeding ground. Philly and Toronto. If you look it on the map, like if you're in a tour, like major cities, that's like less than an eight, eight hour drive. It's it's it's. It's Toronto and like Philly. Philly's like even shorter, right? Word. But that concert region, it was like that tri-state little. So when artists left New York, for the most part, they went, next biggest market you're coming up to is really Toronto, right? And, 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 quite, and we had national media. Remember that time, you could come up here and get a much music, which is like, yeah, big TV, promo. So there was a whole reason. And then Ron was doing shows every month. Word. Ron would do, the one thing with Ron else we understand, dude, we had hip-hop shows, dude, like, till your belly's full. Because Ron being an artist was single. You didn't even need to have an album. If you had a hot single, he's bringing you up with three other artists from Toronto. Yeah. On the bill. So that's how we got made and known and compared. I opened for Special Ed. I opened for Ice-T. I opened for... I toured Public Enemy. I toured Public Enemy at 6.15. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yo, did, there's I, always... Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we on. did a lot of like stuff. Like, we can't... Like, this interview could be so long, but we did a lot of stuff like that. That's how we came these names. So people see us on the level of these artists all the time, right? Because, yo, X, I remember X telling me a story about you guys touring with Public Enemy and, like, him driving Chuck D to a show and, like, Chuck D carrying his crates for him. And he's yeah, like, yo, man. him being like, yo, you, yo, put those crates down. You're Chuck D. You Dude, we were playing, like, like, pool with Flavor Flav backstage. Like, we was rolling with other people, too. I was a hype man for HDV. I was a hype man for this. Like I said, we played so many roles. I was a, I used to dance. If you look at some of I'm dancing. So I'm doing my thing as Russ, but I'm playing same way in New York. Jermaine Dupri was a dancer for Houdini, and then he da, 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 like you morph. If you was in the culture in the game, you had skills. You, you can move. There's only so few of us that could really do this thing proper, and we could do it good and proper. Like, that's the thing about it. Like from when you seen us, oh, they got it. When those guys seen us, they're like, oh, you got it. Word. But they wouldn't be riding with us. I know Premier, for example. My first blunt is when I first met Premier, which is in '91 at the Father MC show. Me and DTS backstage going trying to watch EPMD Father uh, Father MC. I can't remember who else was on the bill. Uh, I'm not too sure. I can't remember someone from the West Coast, like four acts. But anyways, me and DTS go. Oh, he's going come. I'm gonna interview Premier for Gangstar right now. This is when they first came out, Chrysalis stuff, early stuff, right? Okay. Let's come in with me. Da da da. We'll be quick. I said, ah, okay. I went in the back in the room backstage. Whatever. I was always around artists, so being an artist was nothing. Because being around Ron, I was around like. Being, I remember I came up with the Cool Herc of Toronto doing those shows. Word. So we were also the guys that would bring around nice and smooth, take around Too Short, take around Eric B and Rockin', take around Ice-T, take around Chuck D. Word. Like, from small, from 15, 16, 17, you know what I mean? Yo, tell them, Before man, yo. Before we even doing the music, like, just being around artists, like, for a long time, like, Eddie F, all that stuff. Before I was with Eddie F for, like, eight hours, like, 
just talking light, all that stuff because of Mishi. Word. So we had all that before we were known names, and then we became names. So we knew how to act. You know what I'm saying? Like Word. the statue. Of course, of, what it of course. Is, right? So yeah, so that's how all that stuff is kind of like I mean, tied in. It's 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 really strange. Like I said, that's what I said at the beginning of the interview. It's like it's almost like never planned it, unforced, and this is just how the story. It's just how ran. the cards were dealt. To you, and man. I was a natural rapper. So when you hear me rap, I always rap this good. Like I always, anyone who knows, I always had this ability. You ask logic, you know, I was always had this flow. I always had this natural ability to do music. You know what I'm saying? It's like that Vince Carter MJ shit with rhymes. You know what I mean? So. And I mean, yo, let's be honest, man. There was there was a time, I mean, like, people got to remember, we didn't get a radio station here until the early 2000s. I mean, everybody had to come through the Master Plan show at one point or another. Oh, Power Move, Master Sorry, Plan. Power, Master Plan. They were all the same, but that was all our family. It doesn't matter. That's what we understand. That was all, there was friendly competition, which there is anyways, right? You, you know what I'm saying? But we were always like family. You get what I'm saying? Word. Everybody, if you look at the Live at the Barbecue, constantly we always inclusive of each other. I mean, we didn't, always, we didn't even always, start right? talking about Live at the Barbecue and all that stuff yeah. too, man. Like, those were huge, man. Like That saved hip-hop in Toronto. That's what people are saying. Live Barbecue, hip-hop was dead. Ron Nelson left hip-hop in like 90, right in 1990. That's when he gave gave pretty much passed the power move on to to me X everybody like yo X here's the show, you know you gotta run it yo Chris my name's Chris you know Chris right. you gotta you know I'm sure you're gonna be involved I'm going to do reggae right word this is my new passion uh, da, 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 da. So he but he was still promoting hip hop shows though yes he promoted hip hop shows for another two years just he didn't want to just drop kill the scene okay you know what I mean but yeah and then console hall got closed down because they built that condo that's next door yeah. so he couldn't make noise so hip hop was about to die in Toronto like dude I remember it was like in between the city because there was no shows no promotion there was nothing going and we were like dude we gotta say hip hop in Toronto dude and we and we, that's when we came back from the new music seminar in New York and we seen like this crazy show it was like Brand Nubian's last show all this stuff in the streets and we went to this party and I remember it was some organized confusion and it had some song, something about a piece of chicken. I can't remember something. Yeah, something yeah, 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 yeah. Who yes. stole my last piece Who stole of chicken? Who stole my last piece of chicken? See? Yeah, yeah. And I remember just giving out free chicken. That's why the barbecue, we had the concept. Oh, chicken. That's a cool concept. We're like, yo, we should do something wrong, but we don't just give out chicken. We'll give out, like, KFC. If you ever know, if you came to a barbecue, live at the barbecue, yeah, yeah, yeah. at about 11 o'clock, for about half an hour, Buckets of buckets of free KFCs going around the room. Free chicken, hip hop. Word, word. Bloods, free chicken. We had this cool content with this crazy, all oh, the chickens out. Not to be stereotypical, but everybody else, like buckets of like Colonel Sanders, man. It, girls walking around, handing. Now, how much you need? Napkins. Everybody happy in the park. Woo! Yo, let's, right? talk, let's talk about so that. We did it, so we said, let's right do this here. concept in a little, little spot. We want to just get the heads back together. So let's go to Rivoli. It was the same night they ran the Ben Johnson race. Word. And he won the gold. It was that Friday night. It was the TTC strike. I will never forget it. And we opened the door to do this thing, dude. We thought, oh, we might get, because the room really held, I don't know, like 200 people. In that whatever, back in room? In that yeah. back room there. Yeah, yeah. And whatever, they say 150, but 200 they could hold. Dude, no word of a lie. We had like almost like 400 people in there. And there was like, Hundreds of the whole street, like you thought someone was going on in the bamboo. The whole street was flooded with hip hop. Word. And the sweat to the city. And that's when Ghetto Concept got together that that night. That's where a lot of like groups. Um, what's the name of the dance? Uh, not do that, but uh, Bag of Tricks. Word, word. All word. those things, all those connections. You can ask them. Kish came out, did this rhyme, but Monica. Oh, I'm so large. I did Monica Dio. 
and it got back to much music and she was like she just made some comments about me and doing that the Kiki I'm not your, your story you remember that story it's all documented stuff right 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 freestyle right. cyphers so that's when breaking started to come back routine we brought break it was just this night the energy hip hop just came back in the city it was weird I swear it was magical but anyone that knows the scene at that time it's undeniable. But that was that magical thing. It was just, and then it was the kickoff from, uh, you know, from K Cut to Main Source Record Live at the Barbecue. Right. Played off the track. It was just a cool concept. But that was everybody's energy coming together. But that was that trip. Me, DTS, 10K, DJX took to New York and fed off of that. Came back like we got to do something different. Yo, let's talk about, go, especially about going to New York, about just to get a rep video. Oh, man, stories, man. I love I this story, man. We got to tell the story, man. Like, I, we were so, I didn't ask X the story because dude, I wanted you to tell this story. Dude, this story man. is so funny, dude. So, of course, with the hip-hop, you know, young heads, we've been smoking. You know, we've been smoking since smoking was smoking. Like I said, I'm going to tell you that story backstage, even Premiere, just so y'all know. Okay, right. Like, my first blunt was rolled by Premiere. My first blunt ever in my life, unforced. I was pulled backstage. That's when we were going to that thing with DTS at that show. Word. And we're standing there. I'm like, what's this guy doing? This is 91. Remember, you didn't hear hip hop. It was not on record. It was not. This is like a new right. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this guy doing, man? He's cutting up. We're doing this interview, like getting drops. Just like, you know, normal radio drops. CIUT, math plan, da da drop. And the room vibing, da da da. He's on this thing. We're talking. We're done. We're about to leave. And people's like, nah, man. And his voice, nah, y'all don't go, man. Just hang out, man. Y'all smoke with us, man. So she like we're like we're like nah nah I've never like I said that's when we went back to being around groups I'm not a groupie I never I've been around group artists since I was the ones that people wanted to be around I was around no word of a lie right. for a long time so I never had that thing it's like you're just another person just doing your art you're just from another city and I remember I was always going to New York so I was never I never had that like oh you from New York yeah and yeah, I'm from yeah, Toronto yeah, thing yeah, that's why yeah. for us was always strong I never had that I do I said I know your city I've been in your city since I was a kid and I. I actually know more about you because most of you guys only live in your three blocks I go to other boroughs da 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 right so I never had that thing so they just thought we were just chill like I was the energy like chill like yo don't go don't go I'm like nah man nah nah so man rolled rolled the blunt I smoked the butt father MC playing premiere blah, blah, first blunt man Premier role. Sick. That's why I know Blunts is about. I go came back like yo guy, you know what they're doing with the trees now. Da 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 da. Right. And we was going to New York, so we started bringing back Blunts, Titan Phillies, Phantom Leaf. Oh, in Brooklyn, I always go Brooklyn, Bed Stuy. My aunt off of Utica Avenue there, Atlantic and Utica. So we used to always be up on the Ave in the summer, March break. We go. We already there, man. And that time, that's when Force moved down there when Main Source was kicking off, too. So we had that little tie. So that's when the video came. Going to New York that summer. Uh, K-Cut's like, K-Cut's one of my very like close friends from me before, whatever, just, just came up. Um, so he's like, yo, we go to New York. You guys got to come by. You got to come by. Gotta, we need some people in the shoot. So you know if you look at the Just to Get a Rep video, Gangstar, and there's those group of thugs? Yes. That's supposed to rob Guru and look at all like, it's little, I think it's little Dap plays that role in all yeah, those yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to be one of those dudes. Word. Right? And then, um, but what happens is, we go to New York, we're staying with this girl, Derek Cohen. Derek Cohen used to work for Sleeping Bag Records. Ron Nelson was dating her. Sleeping Bag Records, we all know, that's EPMD, Steezo, yep. all that stuff. So she was like, I don't know, radio or promotion, but she had a title of the label. So she had this condo and she was away, right? So you like, so Ron's like called, like, yo, my friends are coming. You met them because she met us in Toronto. They were by the, Adrian and Chris are coming to New York. Can they crash at your crib while you're away for a week? 
She's like, sure, no problem. I know those guys. Tell them to leave the keys. Blah, blah, blah. So we told our parents. This is one of those 16-year-old stories. I was 16 when we did this. Okay. So we got Christmas money. So we're like, yo, I'm about to get in this car. And how much money do you get for Christmas? I go, I got about 250 bucks. X is like, how? I goes, I got about the same. Let's go to New York. Because the drive to New York at that time, honestly, it's two tanks of gas. Yeah. And you're there. And at that time, that was probably like... I don't know. No, it wasn't even sixty dollars, man. Oh sure, gas. Is <coughs> remember, I already know how to, Remember, I already know how to drive there myself. I know the way. I'm not scared. I know how to get where we're going. X was going there a lot too on his own too, and then Little Ventures is just as traveling too, right? So, so I already know how to get there. So he's getting the car. We told our parents. I go. I go. Yo, I'm going with Adrian to New York. Adrian and his parents, and he told his mom, I'm going with Chris. And their, okay, and their okay. family. <laughs> we take X's car from his mom, which he used to always drive at the time. It wasn't quite his car, but it was his car. You know what I mean? Okay. That 16 year old car. Drove straight to New York, but we parked the car, man. So we get there. We have the, so Ron hooks us up. We got to pass to the tunnel. I actually got in the tunnel. So when people talk about the tunnel, I seen the tunnel when it was kicking. It was the house night, which is one of the dopest nights of my life, dude. I watched hip hop, B boys, B girls, hot, whatever, dance for like. 15 hours, man. The best dance I've ever seen, like crazy. And was that song, what's that, what's that one that EPMD sample for? Dun, 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 yeah. Hot, hot, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. That's when that record was out. Y'all know the real, I can't remember the record, but you know what I'm saying? And then Chaos used it again. Yeah, yeah. man, the same one Chaos used. Yo, that's when that record came out, dude. They played that record for about an hour. Dancing, dude. So anyways, we so smoking, smoking weed. We got so smoked out for that video shoot that we fell asleep. <laughs> Kevin was calling us all day. Where are you guys? Where are you guys? We fell asleep with our clothes. The only time I ever sleep with my clothes on, my shoes on, my jacket. We came back from the tunnel at like 5 in the morning, smoked some trees, fell asleep, woke up at like 8 o'clock, missed the whole video shoot. I would have been in that video, man. And that's when they did, they did like the back-to-back videos that day, so... Because they was the, what they do, piece not the word to play, like because main source did a video too, didn't they? Yeah, it was like two videos. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. two videos that day, man. But anyways, you know what? Like I said, that's a great. That's it, a great it's one story, of those stories. Smoke yeah, yeah, yeah. it, I smoked out, but it was worth it. I went to the tunnel. I wouldn't replace that tunnel memory. You know what I mean? I eventually had a relationship with Premier and Guru. Me and Guru have a real tight relationship. I mean, Guru was like tight, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Day, like just naturally, just cool. Because I even so, remember seeing you guys together when he came for like one of the four one sixes. Yeah. Well, the thing was, I had respect. Premier really liked my MC single when I went solo. Like it was one of his favorite records. The MC single that done right. So. Yeah. He was the one from Pete Rock and basically what happened when I went left in '96 when I left um when I left Harris yeah so I connected with Frankenstein Frank was going in there and he did Delphi Oracle and all the singles yep. and we was going to school and I said like, dude Frank I want to put up my music too but I want to launch a label can I use your distribution call my name and we record it me you and scam do some joints and then i just put out a single i'll pay for everything but it still makes the label you know what i mean and every, everybody just working right so he's like yeah. Yeah, i'll give you the links blah 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 we end up doing that's what we did the past present future ep so the past present future ep was the first five songs i really recorded it i started recording at the, the laboratory which is frankenstein studio yeah right and then we just like just put it out man so like how do you okay because you know we went to new york and just Went to Fat Beats. We're one of the first artists. You can ask Fat Beats. Oh, I know. Yo, yo, shout out to DJ Eclipse, man. Yeah, Eclipse mm-hmm. knows from day one. We was one of those first. When Independent Section New York was like two rows deep, that year, 96, that's when we came out. So that EP and then my MC single, it was like New York that kind of spun me off more than Toronto. I was getting played by all those cats 
uh, Pete Rock, Nomi, Pete Rock. I, I have cassettes like half an hour. MC playing on there, like the start of the show, Molly Mall, Pete Rock show. I remember Mr. Morgan called me. Oh my God, thrust. Mr. Morgan, everyone know Mr. Word, Morgan. Right, right, right. They kill you out here in New York, man. They go right now, man. All these taping, all this stuff. They kill you right now. So it was like record. 88 hip hop started the first internet hip hop show. Yeah, I was one of the first record plays on there. It was me, Shot Clear. A lot of it was actually Toronto stuff. There was a Toronto vibe at that time, right? Me, Shot Clear, Citizen Kane, um, Socks. That was a father time and all that joint. And I think might even been um. Uh, who else? Ghetto concept. I don't want to forget anybody, man. Ghetto was killing it down there too. Right, 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 right. So yeah. So we, like I said, we had that. So that was the start of like the next wave of my career. So I decided to go India. Went to school. I'm doing this music thing, man. Okay, so let's talk about past, future, present, right? Mm-hmm. How do you and Scam like? Because I know Scam is producing for Concrete Mob at this time and shit. How do I you? I was. I was kind of before. We were the same. I should have been four. We were at the same time. I was in the room and they did Boiling Punk. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Word. I, my beat was the next beat after that on the beat tape. Okay. I, well, me and Scam from the Power Move, see Radio Bond. I used to always go down to Esplanade. Those kids know me Esplanade, like Tamron, those guys know me from like way. Shout out to Deuce and Deuce Static. Deuce and Static, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I was always, I'm a downtown kid by nature anyway, so we just, I think we just fit in. We're just downtown kids. I grew up downtown. I'm a downtown. Right, so, right, right. so we just had this cool bar and then Scam was making the beat. So we used to actually, actually literally, me, Tamler, do Scam. <clears throat> Excuse me, I started doing any stuff. Scam started sampling, doing beats. Meet every Saturday before or even after the show or even after a concert, we go home and make a beat or a song. And those guys would be there. They're naturally in the area. Boom, boom, boom. So we just be in Scam's room. Every Saturday making beats okay. and off stuff. Yeah, so that's all that came. And then Scam, you know, from the Frankenstein interview, had that link. So we just had this little circle of friends, like, you know what I mean? That was all messing with the same producers and, and artists and stuff. That's when the same time Grassroots was kicking too. I had a tie to Grassroots. Yup, you on the Adam. Grassroots album. That was all over my first record too. So we had that tie from K Note 2 to that too. Yeah, because I remember yeah. the MC video. That's the one that you shot in Green Room? No, that was uh, Do You Understand? Do You Understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kwame's in that. Yeah, room, right? exactly. So, you, it's at that time, it's the same in New York and Toronto. Anyone that's doing hip hop from like 91 to 95, everybody knew each other. Everybody's in the same room every weekend. Somehow. You know what I mean? You was in the other studio because someone was helping produce or arrange or mix or do something for somebody's track at okay. that time, right? Okay, so yo, that being said, because there's always been this like, you know, screw face capital and like this, people always talk about the crabs in a bucket mentality, right? But clearly it wasn't that back in the day. Then what? That came from the second wave. The first wave, the Mishy's wave, Butch Lee, K-Force, Dream Warriors, that wave, like yeah. that wave, it was unity, dude. Okay. All, that's you could not like there was no other way for the scene to grow. If we weren't all together, we was not. That's we all, all we have is each other. Now mid nineties it started to be like independent records, labels, sense word sense. So it was still. But even the screw face thing really didn't really come in my perspective to like really the two thousands. Like nineties was still every artist was cool, dude. Like every artist was working. Every there's so much unreleased music from like. Between your own self, everything was going on between the circle, our clique of people, grassroots, west, that people don't know. Like, you exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I can tell you this crazy, I remember this track, Me, Infinite, Red Life, um, Frankenstein. I remember we did this track, it's, it's on this real. I can tell you all tracks in my memory, like, dude, that song never got finished. There's, never, we're, there's another record that we do, uh, hopefully, get to do Day from Knee Deep. I was messing, I went to school with Day, too. Word, shout out to Day. Like, the way. 
the way things synced up was so weird. Even to the point where we mastered our first record. When I did Past, Present, Future, and we mastered it here at the Lacquer Channel, that's where I met Shaw Claire because that's where they mastered. That was the same day that I mastered uh, Past, Present, and Future. the same day they mastered Father Time, 21 Years. Word. It was the A side, B side. So and that was, was the first the, and, and the Frankenstein joint. And the fra- yes, right? It was pain. It was a pain. It, uh, it might have been pain. Frank had so many singles. But that, but that was a tie, right? Word, okay. Preordained, just like, it just ended up like that. You know what I mean? Because I went to school together, together though, right? Like, me, Dave, and Franklin was school, but I didn't do shots. But that's what okay, we shot okay. link, and then boom. So later on, you have Northern Touch. And then, see what I'm saying? And then Circle. And then I was working at like, like I said, we're community people. That's the thing about hip hop. Like at that time, you'd be part of the fabric of the community. That's right. I was working youth programs all the way through. I'm part of Public Enemy too, some people. And I used to be part of this group. I don't even put it out there, but it, we're going to document this document. I was part of this group from Public Enemy when I was 15, right? Chuck D had this group. Um, disciples all around. He wanted people to go out and do like, just be leaders in the community and stuff. One of Chuck D's goals was to raise, raise 25,000 leaders. Leaders are somebody who has influence over people's lives, right? Okay. So he had this thing called Unity Force, and it was chapters made up, almost like Zulu Nation, 5%, like that whole kind of Unity like, Force. It was called Unity Force. I was part of Unity Force. Okay. Officially, like, lectures of school, Black History Month, blah, 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 go to reach out. I just do, that's the stuff I just do I don't really put out there. People know they see me in the community. Nothing to do with music, but just, you know what I mean? That influence, right? So, and then I was part of Fresh Arts. Okay, I Fresh didn't know Arts, that. Yeah, I did a... Promotions part of Fresh Arts, how to do promotions and stuff. So that's where I met Cardi, The Circle, Socks, Double Marvel, Soul. Double Soul. That's why I have LinkedIn. So I was one of the instructors there, but I was also the young guy. I was a young instructor. Who was it? It was you and Gemini was another instructor? Or was it? Uh, it was Gemini. Who else was really in it? it was my, most Motion. instructors were a lot older. Like I was, dude, like I said, I was always like a lot younger. At a young age, I had a responsibility. Like, I was sorry, it wasn't Jeremy, it was Motion. Motion and Mantle was involved. That's when you did the Magnus. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's why I met Juan. Like Juan from uh Juan was like a young soul coming into the game and I I mentored Juan through Fresh Arts. He was in my okay. discipline. So you see me and Juan, that's what Juan was like, Oh, you don't know, we we kinda raised. So yeah, so it was like through Fresh Arts and then Power was working with Socks and all those guys talking those guys out of sample and the production. It was Socks, they had the music part of it, but I was still into music at that time. I was just doing another thing. But obviously, me being in music and in the scene and those guys are young cats, so like that's where we met, right? Okay. So that's my bond to that next generation. I always have a bond to each generation of hip hop for some reason. It's, it's weird. There's always like a bridge. So that's how my tie with them, and then we start recording, and then Day starts recording. Word, Chocolate, and all them guys. And, oh, that's just thrusting it. Blah, 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 blah. You see what I'm saying? And then Frankenstein starts, they start recording in Frank's studio, and I'm recording in Frank's studio. Well, it's funny. And then the grassroots album started to happen at, at, um, at Gadget Studio. Word, word. Passage Through Time. That's all that time, right? Yeah, Charles, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you look at Passage Through Time, who's on those records? The same people. Word, yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. showing up at the same studio. It's the same. Stu- we're doing, doing. I say literally every weekend. I did so much unreleased music. We did so much music in between like '96 and like probably two, just before like 9/11, 2000. It's kind of like the, I guess that day's version of what is now like a remix program. Like how a lot of these oh, guys coming out of remix no, now. Re- remix is totally based on Fresh Arts. Not even version. You ask Gavin. Gavin knows. Everybody knows. Fresh Arts is the one. That's do that agency. Well, yeah, to this yeah. day, Tanisha Scott, they were all in Fresh Arts. Julie Black, I do. Fresh Arts was it for like three summers. 
The first three summers, that was it, dude. We had a school at one point. We had, the second year we had a school and stuff, right? Then the government funded two summers, and then the, and the, sun, the, the fund, that was the Mike Harris era, infamous in Toronto. Yeah, Funding yeah. cut. That program was the, one of the most successful programs ever in the city. Yeah. And it was, youth, it was any youth between the age of 15 and I think 24 could be part of that program. Okay. That's the range. It wasn't just like, oh, you're grade nine. No, you could be like finishing university and you go to Fresh Arts, right? So when I was teaching Fresh Arts, I was like 22, 23, or 24. I wasn't even no... But I was doing so much in the game and being magazine writing, promotions, rock, right. like, like, yo, you can come in and facilitate some stuff, right? Word, okay, I didn't know yeah, that. I didn't yeah, know that you talked about Yeah, and that's where the concept for our magazine all See, man, every, every episode's so every, education for old tweets. It's crazy, like the ties that bind and then the way this story weaves together. That's so why I said it's like this natural soul mission. Because it's just like all these things just fell on my lap, fell on my lap, fell on my lap. Because those are the times, those are around the times, I guess, I would have met you. Would have been around yes. them same time. Yes, right around that time. Because this is around the time, like, Street promo shit starts happening exactly. too, right? It's another angle that I was in. Like I right. launched I launched Word. It's because of me that Let's Ride even came that's why I would have never came out. I could see see you clean and clear I'm saying it? Yeah. Because we had I was when I left the school at the same time. So I started my indie label, okay? We had our label. Right. Me, Musically Insane, everybody knows from the Real yep. Frequency show. Shout out to Insane. And Samantha J and we, we all went to Harris, we left. Launched our label, Blueprint Records. Yep. Got distribution through Fat Beats and Buds, and we had uh, Groove Attack just doing it in Europe. So we, we yep. had, like you must call it, worldwide distribution. Yep. Out the gate, right? So we do that, and the, no one here is paying attention to this stuff, whatever, right? So that's just, what was, what, I think, what was the initial angle we're saying? We're saying, we're trying to say, um, like street promo shit and all that, and like, but we were talking about like fresh arts and like how all that stuff came together, right? Like, yes. Yeah, so it's just so that was the whole like three sixty of it. Like everything just kind of went on this loop. So by the time we started doing the records and the promo and that, and then um, I would have been like, what? I want to keep this timeline going because these are so much stuff we talk about. It just gets so vast. I people. know, right? Like, because dude, like to conceptualize. Even for me, I go, this could be interesting because. So much little things, but they were like turned into so many like major things. So we're talking about the indie thing, right? Yeah. So we did all of that. So then these records are starting to catch, and then we're doing that. We're talking about the studio stuff, right? Even when we recorded to the point where we recorded Northern Touch. Northern Touch is just a track we didn't even care about. Now we didn't care about. We had other stuff. There's probably better songs. A better song Northern Touch didn't come out in the files and stuff, right? Because we're doing so much music and cool combos. So, and before Northern Touch, we was known in New York. That's because Northern Touch blew it like that was like '98. So '96, '97. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one here is even paying attention, but we were already household in New York. I told you we was playing '88 hip hop premiere, blah blah blah, Eclipse. You can ask those dudes. You can ask them. Oh, hey, we're playing those records. Dang, they would love Toronto Records. Was like their favorite records, basically. Word. We went to New York when Morgan had those two records. So, oh, you got stuff from you got the T Dot flavor. Where those T Dot records, man? You can literally come in town in New York. I remember that's why I met Diamond D. I was on Stretch Armstrong. I was on Stretch Armstrong show, all those shows. Oh, word. Yeah, man, Stretch know me a lot. Stretch is one of them. Stretch played my records like crazy. Well, yo, Stretch, Pete, right? All those dudes. Dude, those are the ones that broke. That's who broke me. It was not Toronto. I'm sorry, Toronto DJs. And it's just the truth. It was not Toronto DJs. I came out in New York, dude. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Like, I didn't really hear. And then, but almost everyone did. Like, 
socks came out of New York. Shocks came out of New York. We came out of New York. Our whole treehouse label. Dude, we was playing. Shout out to Nick Holder, man. We was stopped on corners. We was known. It was like regular. You can go. It's funny. Cause I have all the mixtapes in the car. You get, if anyone has mixtapes, go look at all the New York mixtapes chronological. We all on. We all. We were all over those tapes. All the ones from all the top guys. Oh, of course. Um, we were talking. What's the name of the podcast, dude? You said, oh, he showed up my name. Oh, Cardi oh um, what's his name? Cypher oh, Sounds Rose, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, Juan Epstein. Yeah. What up, Juan Epstein? Yo, they know through us. They, they call like because we was in that. Oh yeah, man. That, yo, because when, when they when they when they interviewed Carter, they're like, "Yo, Peter Rosenberg was like, yo, what's up with Thrust and da da da." This See, what I'm saying that's when Premier comes to town every show. If I'm not in the business, yo, what up, Thrust? Because we was part of the fabric on both sides, and then when they came to town, it was hangers, and then we were just part of the culture, like. When you go to those cities, you see those ones. After a while, we were part of those ones, right? I mean, yo, let's talk about Northern Touch for a hot minute, mm-hmm. okay? You're saying that that was just a throwaway track? Not throwaway, it was just a track because it got, it was supposed to be, Northern Touch was supposed to be a concept track between like the major labels and then all the labels backed out, right? Okay. So it was like a song and I remember we was on the phone and they wanted to get like, it was supposed to be like, Julie Black and Chaos were initially supposed to do the chorus, and then there was the lineup that you already know, right? Okay. But then they want everybody to rap all these. This is how Northern Touch came in, so you know. It was like a conference call, and they want everybody to rap like 16s. And I remember, I think it was Mean Shots. Mean Shots are very integral to this track. Okay. Just so people know. Okay. And uh, I remember, Cardi wasn't even involved at this point, right? I okay. was like, no, dude, we can't do that. What? The track's going to be too long. Oh, yeah, it's going to be too long. So this is what we do. Everybody got to do like a, like an 8 or a 16. And the Rascals, you got to interweave. You guys can't have your own 16. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's why I love the Rascals. When they started doing that weaving stuff that came from, like, hey, we sound good. Blah, 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 blah. If you think about that song, it could have been, Mr. could have had his own verse. Like, no, you guys weave this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got in the studio. To record it, it was supposed to be the, recorded it, whatever, and we couldn't find Julie and Chaos, because Chaos and Julie Black supposed to be on the hook. Okay. So then we're like, what are we going to do? 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 What are we going to... And me and Shock's like, yo, man, just call Cardi, man. In the meantime, we'll come up with the hook. So officially, off the record, we all, we all split this evenly, just so you know, on, on paper, whatever, but officially, on the track, it's right. really me and Shock's that came up with the hook. Okay. And then we didn't even hear the Rascals part because they did their part and then they sent it to us as others. So we recorded our part over here, called Cardi, and Cardi, had, I remember Cardi had this cold, his nose was like running, he came in. Blah, blah. That, we were in a, that track was done, honestly, in like 15 to 20 minutes. It was like one take. Everything was one take. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I can remember I came in the studio. Where'd you guys record that? Out. I can't even remember the studio. Some okay. studio downtown up of like Ossington and Dundas. So one of those little spots. Yep. I can't remember yeah. the studio. Now. I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, and we were literally, they booked like three hours for us, and we were done and laughing in the studio, like done, bagged up, finished. And I remember I just, oh, that's the Rascals verse. I just heard it after the thing in like 50 minutes. It was like we're at chill mode. Because one takes in out. I mean, hey, let's go, let's hook. Nobody can. Who's going to get? Boom. Filed away. And then they got dropped from the compilation stuff. And then the Rascals decided, hey, because Saul put it out as a promo single. Oh, shit. Is this was... Hold on, hold on. Was this the fucking... Uh, in the beginning, there was rap shit? Because I remember that's how... Um, 
Yaga Yah mm-hmm. happens because open sesame. I let down yeah, the, the main, main gate. gate. Yeah. It was all supposed to be for that comp. It might have been there was a comp, but yeah, was, and the labels all disbanded. Or Sony, everybody's trying to listen. they couldn't all get together, right? Yes. Then yes. it was supposed to be one Canadian song on each one of the comps. So they had them all lined up. It was almost like that. Wasn't it an MC Mario that DJ comps was used to come oh, out? Okay, okay. They wanted to do that, but they wanted some CanCon. Oh, so you try to get those hollow rappers. That's what we didn't really okay, consider. Like, oh, whatever. Okay. But then Saul the Triangle, this song's got something about it. So Saul goes, you know what? I'm going to like still do BMG kind of releases a single, right? Okay. And he, ser- and he serviced the pool. We can ask Mike Safir. He serviced yeah. uh, Soul Choice and Flavor. They had the record for six months. They didn't do nothing with the record. Nothing. Like, dude, I'm sorry, DJs. That was the time when nobody was wearing the Blue Jay caps, the T-Dot, the Six. It wasn't happening. They were like, we ain't trying to the point, and then, but the record, but song, because we were in, remember, we had distribution in New York, right? That's Rascals right. came, we, I was linked with the Rascals. I knew Saul from before he moved to Toronto and stuff, just do hip-hop and being across the coast, and he had a magazine, he used to work with this magazine called Elements, and I had Abstract. Oh, so we all had a repertoire. So I'd seen the Rascals videos before, we knew the music stuff. That's what Solly G was a rapper. So is that how Solid it wound G was up? A rapper. I remember Solly G was a rapper. Yeah, of course, man. Is that how it wound up on the Rascals album? Yes, here's the story. So they did a little promo single, Promo single first, got Bean to do a little promo because yep. I was doing promos. He was working for Bad Boy at the time. That's when he was working for Bad Boy. I saw that Barrington Levy chaos, chaos kind of thing when Shine took the Barrington Levy. That was because of, that was because of chaos and Saul, dude. They heard that record and like, oh, Diddy Love, we gotta do a record like that. That's oh, why word. on okay. top of the world, the chaos track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was around that time, right? So, anyways, so we was in the city back forth. Man's was making moves, right? Little moves, but they're they're in the game, especially Sauce. So I was really in the industry like that, and then so he put it out in New York and put it out in Fat Beats. Okay, so clips. New York made that record could premiere all those DJs. That's when the DMX came out like a month. Get after me, dog. Get yeah, okay, that's all I was gonna ask. That was gonna ask. So then, bad two records of the same sound. But remember, we already had a rep in New York for other records. All Cardi, me, Shaclair, everyone's on the track. Right, 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 no right. Like, oh, that's Thrust. Ding, ding, ding. So premiere, everybody, Pete Rock, everybody, those guys start playing out Northern Touch. And then the Toronto DJs went to the few that would travel at that time. More people travel more. They went to the city for Christmas. And they hear, that's the Christmas one. It was this other record here, busting this fucking, this ill, man. Yo, this is our Toronto Cardi Thrust. To the point where they came back and they called Saul. Yo, Saul, I need that record. Saul goes, I gave it to you six months ago. He had like 10 DJs call. I remember Saul told me, 10 DJs call. I'm like, yo, I need that record, man, that Northern Touch. It was like, you were serviced that record six months ago. You're in Flavorpool, aren't you? Yeah, well, Mike Saferis and then you're in Soul Choice. Well, Dexter Langley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Service you that record, man. Right? Service you that record, man. Word. So they start playing the record, and then it was another couple months, and we didn't even do the video yet. The video came out another form. That record was around pretty much almost for like a year and a half before it really before the video even came. So it wasn't until the video came out that kind of day that you felt like, oh, we on to something here because there's this thing in the city. You just feel this energy from it. Word, right? word, word. Yeah, word. but that was a long. Oh, dude. Yo, that joint one. And so, so, so we didn't finish the story properly. It, so what happened when it started to get that energy? Yeah. Solly striped it onto the Rascals album. Okay. And that made that record go gold. Okay. It went from 32,000 to 50,000. Okay. And then that's, then in the year before the Rascals uh, declined their Juno, 
Oh, okay. Wow. I thought it was. I thought it was the year that you guys won that they declined it. No, they declined the year before. Okay, okay. Because the energy, of the record, then that's how we became one of the only rap groups to ever perform on the Junos. And I do that oh, show. Or, but you so guys won the, the Juno show. though too. Yeah, we won the Juno too. That year. Which that's is right. Like, that's who would never know it's such a like who would imagine like Drake don't have a Juno, which I still can't understand to this day. No, I think he has I think he has well, Juno's. I think he has well, that year he got turned down. Did he did he win it last year too? I don't think no, he, he didn't win it last year, but I'm I'm almost positive that he, he has a Juno, man. If I well, hope he has one. The year that the year that he hosted and he didn't well, win. That was five nominees. That was like when we noticed that. That, wow, to have this thing must be so because this is you turn out crazy and they wouldn't even put people. Remember, this is what we gotta say. Kalat, now this era of rappers, y'all gotta fight. We was on TV, like they're not even putting it on TV. Like it's crazy. But here's the funny thing, now, right? Here we are. That was what ninety eight. That was nine. Well, the time it was on TV. It was like 99, 2000. 99, 2000. Yeah. Here we are, seventeen years later. Yeah. And they're still in this. We're still in the fucking same boat. Yeah. Right. They still don't show the fucking. They still don't show the hip hop awards. Yeah. They still don't have the hip hop acts. Yeah. Like Drake is the fucking biggest thing in the universe. He hosts it, doesn't perform, doesn't win a Juno. Like, come on. But then here's the thing: people are like, oh, uh, you're a fucking asshole when I say that shit. You know what I'm saying? Says you an asshole. Oh, bro, you don't even get me Dude, started. How can you say the music with the most cultural, influential influence is getting disrespected and not being shown? That is the most ignorant thing. You must go join Trump, Trump, whatever his name. I don't even talk politics, but you must go over there. So don't talk to me. Say we have a cultural influence that's been denied. I can tell you straight up, man. Much music awards, back to back years. We've got all this stuff in our back pocket. We can barely go in there with one or two artists. But when a classified or certain someone else comes, not no knock on classified. Word. He earned everything he did, but he allowed to roll in there with twenty people. But Missy coming, she can't bring in two extra people with her. That's the kind of struggle that we went through. We went through a lot of stuff. Even though all these accolades is there, like from here. So that's why I'm to the point where a long time ago. I don't even business with here because I always remember my first group's name was World Domination. I'm not worried. I was never. That's my attitude. That's why I'm always have a positive energy. I mean, I never competed with with local talent, dude. I never strive to be the local hero. I never strive. So it never bothered me really that much. That much wouldn't play because I never. I know the. It's like you know what something is after a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. When I traveled and I see the dynamics and of the cities and the influence, cultural influence. That's the thing. The numbers, the influence in the city. Then then you see the power and how it lays. You realize that Toronto really will not change like that well, until the population shift, the cultural environment, which we're slowly starting to see. Like you see yeah, the TFC, the Raptors, the popular that shift. To, before then, it was just this old boys club. We're like these guys just have to die off. So there's no point complaining until these guys die off because they ain't trying to play us. And it kind of still is that way, though. Man. Oh, it is that way. Right? Right? It ain't changed. This it's actually a lot harder. There's a lot less opportunities now than what when I was coming to the door. Like the, I always got paid for every show. People's like sell tickets to make shows. I got How paid for the eighties and the nineties. All those shows you see the flyers, dude. I got paid a hundred, two hundred bucks a show, at least minimum. Like just to show up to open to be an opener for those actors. So it's like the game has been so dodgy. But the thing is, you have to know your worth. You have to know your your influence, your cultural influence. You have to know your power. And this city's never understood its power. That's why I never waited. I, we went and started our own labels. Like, yes. that's why, like, when that stuff was going on, like, from 95, I saw my own label from 95. I was 24 years old with no maps or nothing. I went down to New York City from Toronto and got on these, which became the major distributor. They didn't know me from whatever. I just went in there with a hot record we just recorded two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we had that will at a very young age. And... It was no excuse, like, I'm going. But the thing was, I was already going to the States cultured in that, so I was comfortable in that environment, too. 
There was I was no intimidation factor. Not like, oh, I'm a guy from Toronto going, like, I'm here every summer, I'm here every just you know what I mean? Hey yo, let's talk about it, because you saw the world. Like let, let's talk about the soul it was soul decision, right? Yeah, well what happened was after we did How uh, did that come to Bob? Okay, you're on the soul decision, which is a big pop joint. Uh-huh. I'm on I'm on that faded joint. Well that what became that was around the same time. Northern Touch, all these records, all this was going on. And I actually turned down the record. They came to me once. I said, nah, I don't do pop records, dude. I'm an underground rapper, right? Okay. They came, but I have this rule. And I think it's, a lot of people have this rule. It's like the, the rule of three. If something comes to you three times in your life, something major or whatever, it's for a reason. Okay. It's like a thought. A certain topic is turning you. You have a, something part of you. If it, listen to you, that silent mind. And that answer keeps coming to you back in a th- pattern of three. And that's, that's what they say in life. Everything is in threes. Death is in threes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Everything's in threes. Yeah, so yeah. It's the same with like things you should do. I always had this kind of thing that kept me kind of right in my career. So I turned it down once. I turned it down twice. They came back to me a year later. I was at Virgin working. I used to work at Virgin Records. Okay, Russia, well, right? I want to talk about that too, right? Yeah. yeah. So they came to me there. They all went to this record. I said, nah, man. Come on, I already told you guys. Then they came back to me a third time. They go, listen, we just got signed because this is what kind of turned it. I said, okay, I should do this. The third time they go, that's when we came to you. We were on Universal Records. But we only had a Canadian deal. Right now we're bubbling, we're bubbling, and we're signed to. Um, they got signed to Universal in the states. Okay. Out in the LA office, right? I'm like, oh, so y'all have a real deal now, Canadian deal, right? Right. US, so you have a North American deal now, right? They go, yeah, they really want to get behind us, but they want, dude, they try to get us. I know where to lie. Will Smith, all these kind of other rappers. I, I, can't, I can't remember the name. was the biggest name. Because the Universal, anything. That's when Frankie yeah, Bank, everyone's on the label, Common, blah, blah, blah. We don't want any of these rappers. We want you. Like, we're from Vancouver. We wrote, produced this track. Will you please just listen? I said, you know what? You guys persistent. You came back. You got this thing over here. I've been doing this over here. I said, you know what? And I always did different stuff. Like, I was on Kids in the Hall. There's a, there's a skit called yo, Standing. Yo! Way back, way back, that's me. That's when I was, like, 18. So I always did yo. like, I, I always just think I'll always do what I think Not what everyone else thinks What I think is a good song If I think the song is good If you right. see me It doesn't matter what you're trying You can say me if, But I have to think the song is good First I'm not doing it I was gonna so bring when, up the kids in the hall Oh yeah. Yo, yo, yo. So when they So when they So when they Brought this song I listen to You know what I listened to this song Because Trevor's a dope song right? Trevor's like one of the best The, the lead singer Yeah Trevor Guthrie He's still making music right now Yeah, so yeah. We're still cool Like shows Tours everything right I'm like yo dude This is Actually, a good song. You, you guys wrote this, produced this yourself in your studio. You, this is not not some label stuff. They're gonna know we're a band. We saw, we wrote, produced this, arranged. We wrote a whole record. There's no like, hey, this is homegrown Canadian. I go, you just got signed. I said, I'm doing this. I go, you are a 16. Then I said, no problem. So this is a cool thing. This is my Prince story. I got a Prince story tied to this now. Okay, word. Rest in peace, Prince. So they go, yeah. Here's the other. So they didn't tell me. Let's go. We're gonna fly you to L.A. You're gonna do the verse. You record with Femi. You know who Femi is? Yeah. Femi is, who's Femi? Femi is Prince's engineer. Word. Recording engineer. You work with Femi. Go, Femi, sounds with Femi. He goes, yeah, you know Femi. You know the purple, uh, what's the name? Uh, Paisley Park. Paisley Park. Blah, blah. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, man. So that's even cool as fuck. So they flew me in. I'm very quick with my verses, as most people know. I'm like one of those people, one take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One I take, know that. bam, bam, bam. So I went in, dude. went <laughs> in the studio. Dude, they had me there. Say if he was be there five hours, dude, I was done in like ten minutes. One take, boom. Of course, the guy's like, "What the smoke? Holy smokes!" Done in out, flew back. New Femi. I actually eventually went to Paisley Park. I went to Prince's studio. Word, because we had the tie with Femi, and then um, just through the producer label stuff. Anyways, 
Yeah, so we did that track, and then it was just supposed to be an album track. Album track. Boom. Oh, it might be a single. This is like almost Northern Touch. We're doing a bunch of other stuff, right? Right. Next, you know, it became like the second or whatever, one of the main singles, and then it became like a top 10 single. Oh, it blew up. How high did it change? Yeah, it went to TRL, 10? it went up to like number, to put it in context, it went up to like number three on TRL at the time. I was on TRL. Like, we were getting played on TRL, like Carson Daly, like top 10 at that time. Oh, wow, okay. It's in Billboard. I can't remember how it went Billboard, but I was one of the first artists in like the top 100 of Billboard. It went up to like, it was in the, I think it had like top 20. If not 30. I have the charts up to like 44. So I'm one of the first artists charted. And then we also set another trend that people don't know, which I can prove. We were touring the time with Destiny's Child and we toured in sync. So that's when Justin was, was touring. Okay. I know Justin Timberlake very well. We're, we're those guys. We did tours with those guys in the States. I basically disappeared for a while. I went Word. Okay. Of, just tracking all this crazy. I went to disappear. I was gone for like eight months in the States. I remember that. I remember so that. So Beyonce every day, everything, dude, was crazy. Christian Aguilera tour. We did Destiny's Child. We did in sync. So I did like the three biggest tours in the world. It was crazy out of the blue. And because we're a band, think about this, a band with a rapper, so pop rapper. So Justin, that's where Justin Timberlake got the idea because we this was groundbreaking stuff. Bad bass, blah, 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 do whatever, rapper, boom. That's Justin Timberlake and T.I., Justify My Love. That's when you see that combo. We set that trend of, hey, you can be a pop artist. With a rapper. With a rapper, that's me. Only took years later for me to realize, because no one else was doing that shit. Like, oh my goodness, this is how you... And they were studying our shows, side shows. That's when you checking Britney Spears, all that crazy stuff. Oh, what are you guys doing, man? Yeah, man. So Beyonce, no, they all know. We part of that. I know Solange. I know all that. I had like months with them. We came back, did the Much Music Awards. It was the coolest thing that year and then flew right back out the same night. I was gone for another four months. So the period of people that thought I just left Toronto I was like, no, I just went on this thing, right? And then I came back. My record came out on. Right on 9-11, dude. Chosen a few. Yeah. So yeah. that's crazy. Inside covers between two towers. The cover is like a crash. It's the crash yeah. thing. Like, there was a lot of symbology on that, man. So it was like this, that, that was like the wave of like, the wave of my career. And it was like a weird thing. I was like, yo, how come all of us, we just came back and do Mean Shocks and Baby Blue. That's when that Baby Blue was kicking in yes, that time. Yes, we came yes. back and doing Frost Week. We had three to five to 6,000 a show. We had our tour bus. We was going, we went from coast right down. Oh yeah, we was due. We was, you want to talk about doing it? That's when we was doing it. We didn't tell a lot of people because, you know, you don't want the jealous ones envy and stuff. Right, right, we right. We was right. doing some nice little things and shows. We did the Xbox tour. Me and Grouch Grouch was always my DJ. Big up DJ Grouch for all Shout those world shows. Grizzle. Grizzle, Grizzle, Grizzle. I got to mention Grouch. I can't mention me without mentioning Grouch, man, because he was down with me from day one as a DJ and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so we doing a lot of shows and doing all that stuff. That's when uh, uh, Turnstiles won and... New York, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there for that. So back and forth to the city doing it up, and then 9-11 came, and it stopped the whole industry, and it stopped me and Jelly. I mean, we came out that same day, and it was Jay-Z, 9-11, but Jay-Z survived it. We didn't survive it. Okay, word, word. Like, cancel release party, canceled. That's why that record never fully got worked there. It just got... Chosen a few. It just got canceled, man. 9-11 happened. Such dude. a good record, too, Oh, man. dope record, but hey, I got such demand for that record right now, dude. 
You got to join with Remy. You know, yo, yo, I got, I got, I got the, I got the double sided vinyl. Yep. I got the double sided vinyl on file. About to go out soon. You know, Word. we discogs people. Don't. It's coming soon. I got, I got copies. That's the thing. We're independent, so we just actually found like three weeks ago. We found like about fifty copies of like two or three singles. You got one of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was saved, for sure. stash. I box. mean, this is for sure. Was a big joint. Kate Kemp produced oh, it. Oh yeah, we we right. found the remix though. The Kate remix Cut, was, yeah, was yeah, socks. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it was Road Dollar, in Rome. Oh, the Smokey on it? I think Smokey. Yeah, Smokey, yeah. dude. That, Yo, what happened to that Smokey's guy, man? Smokey's so dope. So, yeah, so that's really, like, the thing. And then that's when my whole thing at the beginning of you, my adoption came in, because that's the time I found my family. Okay, word. So it was like, dude, I had the world bought. Like, dude, what's going on? I was like, God, I'm 10 years of work. This is my moment, shit. Pause. You gotta feel sorry for the world, but then you—it's like your own play, right? Yeah. But then within that window, that's when I reconnected with my adopted family, found my family, reunited, found my brother. Boom, 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 boom. Crazy. Right up to now, and you know we got—I got crazy stuff about to come, people. T to the D, y'all know that's been on the gram. Talk about that real quick, man. T to the D, me and Dan Carve—that's coming. Been building that for like the last six, seven years, slowly, organic. Unadulterated, unfiltered. We don't even care what's on the radio. We're just putting up music that we want. I mean, yo, what about music, huh? we're that's missing, what, we're what missing um, what's the record you did with Rudy? With Rudy? Oh, I got the chosen ones. I mean, I don't. The files is there. You can go back if you want to look up thrust. It's there. But I'm just trying to, you know, within a concentrate of, you know, we have time as a podcast, but at the same time, you want to keep right, it right, right, right. So I'm just trying to like hit. There's singles, there's songs. I did the chosen ones. Um, the chosen ones was a oh, great record. Oh, yo, like Rudy's such an ill producer, oh, man. That like slept on, man. Dude. Well, that's why I met Dank, right? That led to like yeah, because he was on that, he was record. On that record, right? And we was messing with Sid, and we was me- both messing with Rudy. Cause Rudy did an EP for Dank too at that time. That's too. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then from that, then that led to me. But me and Dank met through Sid, like after Dilla died, and we just talked for, like eight hours. Just became friends, bike riding. Hey, yeah, man. remember the bike crew? The crew? Yeah, Stevels, can't man. cut me. I bike Stevels. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, man. 20, 20 was deep on bicycles down Queen Street, yeah. downtown. X, yeah, BJ's, remember all them ass, times, oh, man. man. Big Nick. And yeah, we, <laughs> we, we just the cool kids, dude. I'm with that dude. Like, off, off, besides music, we just wild kids. We like the biggest kids. Like a snowboard, rollerblade. You catch me out to do all kind of different stuff. Actually, yo, that's uh, crazy because, uh, yo, the uh, snowboarding shit, I remember. The first time we went to Blue Mountain with the fucking yeah. with the street team Dude, we shit. We were the first black people on, on Blue Mountain before Martin Luther King ski weekend and all that stuff. We was out there like three colors, four colors deep, just doing. But I just saw that's a hip hop, and it took us to different areas doing different stuff. We never wanted to be those kids that just do the same stuff that everybody's doing. I mean, yo, let's just so, let's just talk real quick about the promo shit too, yeah. because we kind of like just glance over that. You worked for Virgin. Yeah, I uh, worked for Virgin for like five years. I was the head of the the national promotion street team department. I launched, um, I worked from Ruckus. to I worked boot camp. You know, loud, uh, everything. Loud, I, we launched No Limit Records. Um, yup, I remember those days. Like we went to LA, it was in the labels, in the offices. I worked all the, like, that's another title Gangstar. We did all those Gangstar releases, the infamous Gangstar release party. We planned, um, Lodge, Shaw, Claire, um, and yeah, like, I was integral part of that. Promotions right across, I had reps across Canada. And that's what I said. So I, that, all of that was happening while I was rapping too. That's the thing about it. It was crazy. Crazy. So that's why it's so weird to talk. I had like 
magazines, promo, label, but most people just see thrust on the TV, boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. If behind the scenes, like, dude, I was an industry, I'm one of the only, one of those, rare, I'm like a Jay-Z in a weird sense. If I was in, in New York, I think I'd be like a Jay-Z. It's kind of messed up if you think about it because I even launched the same time as Jay-Z. I was a Rockefeller the first week Jay-Z. I knew Tracy McGregor, the publicist, through my magazine. It's weird. But it's like, we was the independent kid, young, 26, had time, but I could go in the boardroom and I could be on the street corner. Right. You know what I mean? I had that weird way of like, people say I have that Obama thing. I could talk to like, I'm going to say, I can go talk to a cop, talk to a soldier, talk to a homeless kid. I walk through the darkest hoods in New York by myself. Bronx, New York, places, a lot of y'all up here would not walk. I just walk and I'm cool, no problem. Like it's just that way of just kind of being, right? Right. So it's just like, what's the current? Gregarious, gregarious yes, personality, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, I think yes. I'm one of those kind of people, man. So, and it's just, the, and that's where the education paid off for me too, because I went and I went to Harris, right? So I know how to, if I want to penetrate each field, I know how to properly go in and do it. I remember my lawyer, when I did my record contract, he goes, you're the only artist I ever talked to that like, understands the contract. Not everything, but I can talk to you. Like, right. you understand control, composition, creative control, option periods, blah, blah, blah. I took publishing in school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get 80% to pass. I came out with 100 in publishing. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. So... Not that I'm no master lawyer, don't get it twisted, but I understand the base and mechanism, so then you learn to understand how the reading and stuff. So, yeah, so we went in situations just just having that that thing, man. And I mean, yo, thank you, the Lord, man. It's you crazy. you you remember a young Drake? Because I remember you telling me like, I don't have a, a real tie to Drake. I have a tie to Chubbs because Chubbs. Uh, a lot of people know I used to be like 265 pounds. Made a transformation. I hit the gym like when I was like twenty to thirty because I just start. I started. I, start, I started touring doing shows from fifteen, so I missed all those high school sports. Lived that touring life, all that crazy. So once I was about thirty, so I, gotta, I gotta get back to the gym. I used to be real athletic. It's in my family. It's in my stuff. So right. I hit that, leaned out. So that's when I met Chubbs and, and, and the crew. I used to go to the gym and see the break. Johnny Rocks and them guys. So me and my boy Ron, he's like, yo, these kids, we used to always help. Like I said, I always work with youth. I'm never intimidated by young people. That's another thing about me too. Other people like, yo, every generation, you're the only one for us. I remember uh, uh, a lot of rappers, you're the only one that sheds knowledge, talks to us, the rest of them don't talk to us. Because I, I love young people, and that's why I think I even look youthful, have that youthful energy, Word. right? So I always interact with them, man. So we've seen those guys didn't know that they were training. That's before, like a year and a half before even Drake was even, this is when you started doing the demo phase when they started, I guess, putting him up in New York. I didn't know at the time. Okay. We just started helping him out at the gym. Like, yo, you guys every day, yo, train like this. This is how you work your legs. This is how you just naturally like helping out young people. Wow. And I remember that it was like two days before the first uh, OVO Fest that they came back, Chubbs in the room, like, yo, man, I got your tickets for you, man. If you want, da 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 Tickets for what? Yeah, for the concert, man. You know, you guys are there. Because you saw his locker being right beside mine. We always kick it like that. Oh, like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, like literally in the change room. Like, boom. Remember, this is before Drake was big. This is before the blast off, though. Right, right, right. The buzz was kicking, right? But I didn't know the affiliation just by just... And I said, I always have a tie. I tell you, I always have a tie to what's yeah, happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Uncanny tie. It was like an uncanny tie. But just by just being giving. I always give without looking to receive back. You know what I mean? Right. I have to feel that I want to get, right? So those guys are good energy. Like, oh, you guys are da-da-da. And then he was like, yeah. And I go, oh my goodness, dude. You mean you work with, he goes, yeah. I just came out the road with Drizzy. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. So it's funny every time I see, so I only met Drizzy really because me and Shox did a, a Raptors halftime show um, like two years ago. To me, me, Shox, and Mishy 
I did, I've done two halftime rap raptors. So we did one with uh, Drez one year. I think it was when we did Drez. We did Black Sheep okay. one game. Yeah, it was one game. And then we did uh, another. It was for Not Body, a super fan. He had oh, that night. Word, so word, he word. always went rapping. So I had this t- ties connect. So we put a song together, did this song halftime. Yeah, I did halftime for raptors. It was some crazy shit. So we did that. I did it with Drez. And then backstage, hang with Mishy. Yeah, I was the one with Mishy. I remember it was me, Mishy, and Shox. And we're just talking there. And all of a sudden, I see Drake comes. He's double lights. You know, he's in the thing. He's walking by. So I was like, we're backstage. He's like, oh, fucking Drake. And then Chubb sees me like, yo. So I always have those moments with Chubbs. Yo, he, when you hang around when nobody's nothing. Little X, same thing. I know Little X when he was drawing, doing little drawing sketches. I pay attention to him. I said, you got talent, dude. You should do this. You should go to much music. You should talk to this guy. You should go to Bronski. You should Bronski is a tight X too. See what I mean? So the time them people, them next generation kids get big, when they they love to see me. They're like, yo, thrust, you're the only one from the jump when I was nobody. You know what I mean? Word. I was always that. Even decisively told me it was crazy. You don't remember me? What? Before I started rapping, dude. What are you talking about? He goes, I was 15. I was in the Eden Center, and I was by that big clock, whatever. and I just, that's when the Do Your Stand video came out. And he goes, and he's like, yo, man, and you actually, like, I said, what up? And you, you talked to me, and you I got to spend some time with them, some kind of just positive interaction, right? But that's crazy. The and it can't, everything comes around, dude. So, you know what? You learn one thing you learn. What you see going up, you see coming down. It's always the ups and downs. Yeah, man. man. Same people you see going up the ladder, you'll see when you're on the way and back. Everyone has down, an up man. and a down, dude. Uh, yo, on that so, note, man, yo, thrust. Great episode. So, me, man. Thank you very much. Yo, the stories. It's so cool doing this. Like, and I'm glad it happened in this way. And the thing is, you know, yo, I wanted to do this because I really, I really feel people who don't understand who you are. It, it's kind of, it's no, uh, like, surprise why me and you are doing this together, man. Because I always felt like you were there, man. You lived it. You saw it all. Who better than you to do this with me? You know what I mean? You know my passion about this scene. And, you know, I mean, I know your history, man. And, like, fuck, we've been there and we've seen a lot, man. You know what I mean? Well, so It's a blessing, dude. Like, yeah, we train for a minute. And, like I said, my, my greatest gift, and I'm just glad that I was actually in this game, like, jumped in at such a young age to be still young enough to be relevant and still called upon to do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I love it, bro. Like, it's this, that thing, right? So, like, and that's the thing a lot of people don't understand. Like, that's why people hear my name, like, oh, you know that name? Because I was part of so many things that wasn't necessarily thrust at the front name. But I was, like, 75% of that energy, 85% of that. Like, you see like Jace, you were, you were no, no, Jason. No, no, yeah. no, Jason, I'm saying, but like, see, you hear KGB, but yeah, thrust, that's still thrust. You hear Charles Gardner, that's it. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You hear Abstract Magazine, you know, thrust. You hear a power move show, but that's still thrust. You hear about the barbecue, that's still thrust. Right. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, of course, so man. Of course. Other, and then there's other influences just with the DJs that you know. DJs, you know my story. So we could sit here and talk, but it's just like, it all came from a love and just a natural, like, and yo, check Energy, it out. Man. Here we are, twenty odd, twenty plus more years later, still doing it for well, the we love. We do right man. now for the love, exactly, like the podcast, man. exactly. So whatever comes of this is the same thing. We just started this for a conversation, love, and I was like, yo, this is another one of those chapters. Let's let's begin this journey, man, because magic gonna follow after that. Because you're doing it for the love, and that's for the love of hip hop. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's what I do it for, because that's the thing that saved my hip, saved my life, dude. Like people see me as a positive person, but dude, trust me, I came up with Toronto's craziest, illest, like, a lot of my friends, man, time, 15 years, da-da-da, so what the one thing that saved me was my talent and my love for this music. So many times, like, I can't risk this, I got this gift over here, I can't risk this, I got this thing over here, and it always came back to hip-hop. Word. So, 
Just do it, man. All right, do yo, it. man. Do what do it. Before Woo. we get out of here, yo, don't forget. You can catch us on the uh, iTunes That's app. Right. You know what I mean? Download, rate us, rate us, rate us. subscribe, That's right. rate us, comment, do all that shit. And look, and out, yo, yo, look out for the product. I can see I never do promos, but I do my own promo on my own show. Do it. You got to do it. Yo, T to the motherfucking D. Word. Yo, Derek Harvey, Dank Hard. Shout out to Thrust, Derek Harvey, Christopher man. France, Detroit to Toronto. You know the family, man. Word, word. Dude, a lot of stuff's coming, dude. I'm doing a lot of recordings. You know, it's just a lot of U.S. projects. Don Chop, my, my boy, Transformer. Yo, QD. Yo, Frank Nitty. Yo. Word up. Official J. Dilla. Yo, uh, my Toronto peoples, man. So I look forward to that. I'm not even going to say anymore. I, you, know, you, can, you know you always hear a solo project from me. And if it, oh, a, a, right now... Big up my man Daniel. We got this track. This is current signing called League of Legends. Yes. That is coming out like September 15th. So this podcast should be coming. That's me, Mocha Only, Big Kish, Eternia. So there's going to be a lot of music. I recorded more music in my life probably in the last four to five years than I've recorded probably in my history of music. Word. So, and we all know how it is. You just do it at home now. So it's and nice yo, and relax. We took our little break. Oh, but just be prepared, man. Oh. We're about to start. I, I don't consider it a break. I just call it like to be relevant. Like I've sustained it. I've got the longest career probably next to West of the city for doing music. If you think about it now, I've recorded since 87. Now people still want me for music. Word. And there's an art to how you do it and how you stay relevant. You can't put yourself out there too much. You got to create. This is a little gem before we go. Like, create a mystique about yourself, guys. A lot of people putting yourself out there way too much there because everybody trying to look at you. It's like how we do the show. Don't put yourself out there. Let the people come to you sometimes. Let them magnetize your energy. Exactly. Let it grow. Let it be organic because that's, that's how you get those groups. Like a gang star and those groups that just over 20 years of selling music, 20 years people looking for your stuff. People wow. asking for you. They can ask you for two years or they can ask you for a lifetime. Which one do you want? And we're going to be here for a lifetime. Let's get it. Yo, views before the six, we're out of here, yo. You know. Peace. Bless up.